1: that we are so
2: It says, you know, stand shoulder to shoulder. I fade it out and, and, you know, not listen to the the rest of it. But I just love that song. I have been mean, played it since 2012, and I still haven't uh, gotten tired of it. So really love that song. And we have a powerful show tonight, I think. I really do. I've got a couple audio clips. i got got uh, a, you know, the articles, of course, that you can find at the website at www. Logic, uh While you're there, uh, check out our give page. Still running for at least the next three weeks. Uh, that's about it, maybe four for the fundraiser I'm doing to help those uh, family uh, pay off their loans for the cremation of their, their mother that died unexpectedly. So uh, please give uh, if you can. If uh, you can't give monetarily, uh, if you could just give some of your time and a little effort to share that link. Uh, so that we could get some contributors, so that I'd really appreciate it, uh, and just say keep it shoulder to shoulder uh, as we say here on the show. So I'd really appreciate it. So again, you know, you know, powerful show. Uh, we've had a lot going on. Uh, I do already see some folks in the line. I certainly would get you on the the call. And, and I think one thing that you may have missed uh, this coming week, this past weekend, with all the news being. Uh, inundated and going on around the country with these uh, some protests uh, and writing as as we know out there one thing you may have missed is on Saturday history was made and that the and I got an article for that we'll read later but first of all you know want to get people in as quick as we can just because we like to uh, be able to have people talk this is your show uh, the people show Uh, but what I've got here is that on Saturday at 3.22 p.m., we had the first two American astronauts lifting off American soil from Ameri- uh, American rockets since the past nine years. So it's almost been a decade since it happened. And there was actually even more historic, which has been the first time in history, where a commercial rocket was used to launch the American uh, Americans to the or any any humans to the international State, space station or you know rocket launch into space, so that's history that we we missed a lot of people missed I didn't i mean i I you know watched this including in front of the television then and then got up and and see them dock and and board the international State, space station where people might find interesting is by the United States and russia and so uh, of course, they'd like to get some other folks on there. They said maybe try to get China aboard, but all that stuff going on with COVID, uh, we will see, um, you know, how that goes. But, yeah, we, we a lot of folks, I bet, missed that because glued to the TV uh, to that. And, you know, as we were shoulder to shoulder in our show, apparently the writers were shoulder to shoulder. So I will find it interesting uh, if in the next two to three weeks, if we're going to see a spike in the – uh, Covid incidences, Covid, you know, <laughs> people being diagnosed with Covid uh, because there was no social distancing going on, as you know, at all during these protests and riots. Actually, uh, and I find it interesting that the media, who and the same people who wanted to put people in jail
0: for opening up their
2: shops and going to beaches, are interestingly silent when it comes to the protesters, when it comes to spreading COVID. I mean, remember, folks, I'm getting ready to open up the mics here in a few moments, when you had people like Cuomo stating, you know, like, oh, by not wearing a mask and not social distancing, you could kill somebody. You can kill somebody by not wearing a mask. And so getting on the people at beaches and and other folks out not wearing masks. And then you have the, you know, now there are a lot of protesters and rioters wearing masks uh, of this. Uh, and then, but there's been a lot of other people who have it. Then of course you have other people who, you know, from the whiskey bottles that they're stealing, and drink bottles are drinking after each other. So if we don't see a, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, but if we don't see a uptick in COVID, then. There's going to be no reason for us not to open completely up uh, this country. There's going to be no excuse uh, for the Democrats, and that's kind of begins uh, our discussion with COVID, riots, and corruption. And remember, one other thing we missed, and I don't, you know, have an article or anything yet on this, but Hillary Clinton, and I like to get some reports if anyone's got any, uh, testified yesterday. Of course, we didn't hear anything about that, and so it's going to have to be dug up. I'm sure. Uh, to get that. So we've asked that as well. So well, COVID riots and corruption, how the Democrats may lose 2020? And I'm not just talking about the presidential election. I'm also talking about the House. And I've got, again, a powerful show. I've got two really powerful, uh, powerful audio clips. And actually, I do want to play one before I bring – I see Joseph on the line and Dr. Colbert. It's only – this one's only two minutes, and I'm probably going to play this audio uh, the – uh, multiple times tonight as we get new callers and new listeners in throughout the show. It's only about two and a half minute clip and it is powerful. And again, this is a, a you know, part and parcel to why I think with this, all this stuff going on, the Democrats it very well may lose uh, not just the president, uh, presidency, not the president, but you know, the presidential election, but also lose the House.
0: How was last night?
3: I live in the high rise right back here and I seen them as they came down Lake Street but then they turned and started coming over here and I'm sitting up looking out my window and they went straight to Office Max, the dollar store and every store over here that I go to. I have nowhere to go now. I have no way to get there because the buses aren't running. These people did this for no reason. Is that gonna bring George back here? George is in a better place than we are. And last night, I'm gonna be honest. I wish I was where George was because this is ridiculous. These people are tearing up our lives. This is the only place I could go to shop, and now I don't have anywhere to go. I don't have anywhere to get there. I know you mentioned, you
2: know, being in your home last night, and you and you did have some folks that were helping, you know, holding holding the ground, and you, and you see some cleanup right now as well. You know, there are signs of hope, but I can I can see the frustration still. <laughs>
3: when. The National Guard came down 31st, and they realized that they were coming down 31st. They tried to run in the building where I live at, and they couldn't get in because there was security there, and I'm glad they were there because if they hadn't got in that building, there's no telling tell them where they would have hit to stay safe and try to mess with us inside the building because we're a handicapped. And I'm not trying to use handicap as a crutch, but there are certain things I can and cannot do. And for for them to do what they did last night was just stupid. It was ignorant. Now now what are you going to do? Where are you going to shop at? Half the the people probably don't even live in Minnesota. They don't
2: care. Stephanie, thank you so much, and I hope you find some peace. I tell you what, that was a disabled black lady, African American lady, whatever, you know, there. And so, if you thought that was heart wrenching, if you thought hearing that was heart wrenching, go and watch the video. You can see the video, and you might have to open up to where it extends all the videos. But I got that video on the uh, Bart's Logic. Uh, political talk website in the uh, video section. The video section to go to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com and watch a video because that's heart wrenching. I mean, you know, th- th- again, I mean, I even got you know a little emotional about it when I watched, especially when she went to the disabled Park because my dad. But um, but seriously, I mean, this is I mean, this is in Minnesota. This is this isn't a red state, you know. Not, you know, but we make everything political here. I guess not everything, but I'm telling you, you're going to get people like this, and then you're going to have Trump, Obama. And I didn't listen to Obama's speech today. If anyone wants to bring that out, I I, I didn't see it. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about it at some point. But you know, if he's just real leadership, saying, "Look, I," and as he said the other day, "I am the law and order president." Okay, that's what I think people want. You know, we don't – don't, I mean you, you have people saying, oh, well, you know, if you would vote Biden in, you're going to get an empathetic president. Is that what we really want? Do we want a, a law and order president that is supposed to you know, be objective? A law and order is objective. It applies to everyone. Or an empathetic uh, president who can only be empathetic to one group of people at a time? You know, because in this situation, you can't be empathetic for both. You can't be empathetic for the rioters and empathetic for the people that they're destroying. You know, their their properties, and then this lady pointed out their livelihood and, and where is she going to shop? Where is she going to get you know her food? She can't even go to the bus to go anywhere else right now because they shut the buses down. This is an opportunity. You know, Trump show the leadership, and you know what? Blue states even such as Minnesota can say, you know what? We're done with these people. We're we're, we're done with these Democrats. And, maybe again, maybe not the president, but also for the House and Senate. And we're going to go ahead and uh, get folks in uh, on the, in the order of what they called in. And first that will be our uh, good friend Joseph, and then we'll get Dr. Pullman in. And we see other uh, callers. If you'd like to get in, just push the one on your number dial, and we'll get you into the show. But first let's welcome Joseph. Uh, thank you very much, Joseph, for coming on the show. How are you, how are you tonight?
4: Uh, just bewildered. Um, First COVID and um, now this. The country that I love is falling apart at the seams. And we didn't even transition out of COVID yet. Uh, And what a difference two weeks makes because uh, I was unable to make it on the show last week. And it just shows you how Fast things are changing, and you know what happened to george floyd is 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 unspeakable and uh it, 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 it's just beyond me that police enforcement have not learned from Ferguson or from the Eric Gardner case that that they have not learned the lessons of the past that you just you you just cannot exert that type of police brutality uh and it also gives a little snapshot into what I've been saying for the longest time, and what I've been saying is, if we topple, God forbid, God forbid we topple as a country, this chaos and anarchy that you that we have seen for the past eight nine nights, that is nothing in comparison to what we'll be facing uh our political leaders and our country uh, as a whole i mean right now what you see is is anarchy and chaos and not no control whatsoever this is just the precipice of it and you know i know what i'm going to say is controversial but i'm going to i'm going to speak my mind and i i got to be very honest
2: we're not uh, President we're, we're not Trump. monitored
4: by the uh, FCC, so you don't <laughs> worry about it. <laughs> Thank you. And, and look, 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 you know, at, at the end of the day, look, I've never been a cheerleader for a politician. You know, I'm not a cheerleader for I, – I, I consider myself to be an American patriot. I'm a cheerleader for anyone that is, uh, you know, doing the will of the American people who's fighting for the best interests of this country. So, you know, yeah, I'll give credit where credit is due. But at the same time, you know, President Trump, one of his worst mistakes was shutting down the country based on faulty models, based on what Anthony Fauci and Deborah Burks were saying. And what is beyond me is why would you even listen to them? Fauci was an Obama holdover. Fauci mm-hmm. has made uh, many statements back in April saying that the coronavirus was, was, was not a threat. So, you know, while I can praise Trump on doing great things equally, I have to call it down the line as well on, on the things that I, don't, I think he's missed. And I think one of his biggest issues since being elected is he has not done a good job of surrounding himself amongst the best uh, counsel. And you've seen time after time and time after again, either people resigning or either uh, President Trump terminating it. But but it, it it's it's become the norm of this of this administration. Now we get to uh, law and order candidate. You see, here's the thing: Donald Trump says, "If this continues, I will invoke the Insurrection Act of 1807." This is still continuing and he has not invoked the Insurrection Act of 1807. So when, when, when do we draw the fine line, ladies and gentlemen? When do we draw it? And I hate to break it to you, and it's going to disappoint a lot of people, but at the end of the day, yes. You know, I'm not... I wasn't born yesterday. I do realize that not all the fault of the nation is, 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 is actually the commander-in-chiefs. However when you accept the job to be the commander-in-chief of of the free leader of the world, unfortunately, it comes with the territory. You take the fall when bad things happen on your watch, and you take the praise when great things happen on your watch. And right now, these two issues, COVID-19, shutting down our country, and now this is by far the most challenging and testing time for the Trump administration. But what I'm disappointed is how long is Donald Trump going to wait our president to actually act? He's talking the game. He's walking the walk. I mean, he's talking the talk, but he's knocking the walk. We should have never shut down our country to begin with. The counsel that was given to him in the faulty models is baloney. Number two, I don't think there's going to be any spikes in COVID, to be honest, because I still maintain from the beginning that this was overhyped by the media to begin with. I highly doubt there's going to be major spikes in COVID. Uh, Yeah, I'm with you there. (laughs) Exactly. And number three, these same governors who just a week ago, or a week and a half ago said, if you leave your house, we will arrest you. If you try to demonstrate a peaceful protest, we will arrest you. Now they are bowing down to these rioters. And you want to know why? Because they are scared out of their mind. They didn't think for a million years what the anger of the American people could do. I mean, just the other day, They had to blockade the mayor of Los Angeles because they were circling around his home. See, these governors, they overreached way too much. And I think some of that has contributed to that. You know, people being forced to stay home, people being intimidated into staying home, all those months of pent-up rage. And now they come out, and these governors are like, holy smokes, we we didn't think the people were – yeah, I've been saying for weeks they are capable of doing that and a lot more. You got these governors and mayors so scared that they're they're bowing down. Oh, I've even seen police is literally kneeling groups.
2: down in front of the protesters. That's ridiculous. Absolutely, I mean, I mean, kneeling down in solidarity. I mean, it's like who's really in control here? I mean, you can have the law exactly. enforcement, you know, and, I, and what happened to that guy was was tragic it was stupid tragic and stupid it was. you know but of course you had that 77 uh, year old officer who was killed you know so i mean absolutely. is it really about black lives because he, he was a black cop or african-american cop himself so i, go ahead.
4: I couldn't agree with you more robert uh I, I, absolutely uh but but it has sent the chill factor to these governors and, and mayors in saying that you're not in control the people are in control. And that's what, I'm, that's what I want our country to avoid. I don't want us to go to the point of no return because once we get to the point of no return, there is no coming back. And I think now that these governors and mayors, they're in check. And the American people are capable of such depravity When you've lost everything, when you have nothing left to lose, this is just a snippet of what is awaiting us if we do not fight to restore and take our country back. What happened to the Tea Party movement? We were so influential. We were so organized. We were the reason why we took back the House in 2010 from President Obama. And we were not afraid. We went out protesting. We went out protesting to yeah, repeal where are they Obamacare. At? That's a good point. We, yeah, we didn't. We and remember, Robert, we were fearless. We were not afraid. We were not afraid of Antifa. We were well organized. If anything, the mainstream media was, oh, look at these Tea Party white people, anti-religious, clinging to their Bibles and their guns. Or, like President Obama said, they were intimidated by us. Now it's the other way around. Today I saw on the news that this Black Lives Matter organizer well, confronted this uh, Caucasian lady and said, Get on your knees and apologize for white privilege. Yeah. That's Get ridiculous. on your knees and apologize for white privilege. Had wow, that I didn't same see that, question wow. been asked to me, my answer would have been over my dead body to your camera. The day that I bow down to you and apologize for the color of my skin is the day that I take my last breath. Shame on that lady. But, hey, if you want to be a subservient, if you want to be a, a, a slave to that movement, if you want to be treated like you're not a human being, hey, that's on you, lady. But guess what? Don't come to me. And I'll leave you with one more thing. Why are things so peaceful in Honolulu when we see that the majority of these skirmishes are happening in major blue cities? It's because Hawaii is unique in that it is the only state in where the majority demographics are Asian. So we have a non-existent African-American population here. We have a non-existent Latino population here. So therefore, Antifa and Black Lives Matters, they have no organization in Hawaii. And that's probably the only thing that saves us from all these controversies and these lootings and and, and the chaos that ensues afterwards, is that demographic that is saving us and that has spared this state time after time after time and again. And that's why I can say safely, Robert, thank God in Honolulu it's a tale of two cities even though we are in one of the bluest, most leftist states, we are probably in one of the most safest states far away from this chaos and anarchy. And I will defer back to you, Robert. Thank you.
2: And that would uh, certainly keep you on the line. We're going to get Dr. Tolbert in, and then I've got some green room. So, code 407, I'm going to, if you lose sound, it'll just be getting you uh, to the green room. Get your name. But let's go ahead and uh, welcome Dr. Tolbert. Uh, thank you very much, Dr. Tolbert, T- 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 for coming to the show. How are you tonight?
5: Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. There's a lot of things being said that are not explaining. Number one, Atifa is a terrorist group, and that should be brought out, and Trump is filing a paperwork and claiming them. But they're also not bringing the fact that the organization Black Lives Matter is an Islam surreal law out of England that actually formulated groups in order to create a a diversified, angry result. So when you mention someone for Black Lives Matter comes to a person and makes a comment, and the woman or the person stands up for their right, not because they're Caucasian or Hispanic or black, but because of who they are, and they want you to nail down not to the African Americans, which is a comment that should not be made, but they're trying to get you to turn yourselves over to the Islam and Sharia law. And then there's no comments being made that Sawyer's is funding these riots. And they're being funded by the and and the Black Lives Matter and Sawyer's and other individuals. So what really should be taking place is the review of, of what's going on there. Now there's no question that our... Police departments have a need for affirmative action. And we've written articles back in 2016 concerning affirmative action and teaching. What's not being said in all this, that there's two things. One is it's is legally constitutional and one is a riot, which is not. So when we find out in what they've been doing studies on and finding out that out of every 100 protesters there's three to five people that are from the black lives matter group or the uh, Tiva, which are being paid for in order to create a riot and they're then looking at the destruction against but the destruction has been restaurants homes businesses of african-americans uh And this has made this entire procedure out of contact. We're seeing that Mathis and Obama and Bush and everybody are trying to take a stand against the president who wants to enforce the rights of the states, who wants to ensure the protection. And there's been some terminology used that should not be used even by the president. One is he will make a statement that I've done more for black people than any other president. And that is a term that should not be used. It should be, I have done more for the American people. We have became a racist country because we have put gender, when we look at things of gender, we have put racism, we have put many things into our activities. So the entire purpose of what happened with Floyd was wrong. And we know that Floyd and the sheriff or the the deputy who ends up killing him actually worked together in a nightclub. And this was a nightclub where there was, I don't want to go into it, strip dancers and they were working security and they knew each other. So if you knew this person and it was a possibility of a counterfeit $20 bill, what was the real intent of the death of floyd, and this is a question that has not been answered yet, and there's a lot of research that has to go on her. What people have people known they should know that I ran for the president in two twelve, the governor in two fourteen, and I ran for u s Senate in two sixteen and two eighteen of two thousand and eighteen Angela uh, Marie uh, came to me. Several days ago and wanted to run As an independent writing candidate For president and I had Nine people coming to me and asking Me if I would run as a vice President well Angela And I signed all the paperwork Today and we notarized them And we sent them to The uh, state of Florida Election so Angela Marie and Is going to be running for the president as An independent now People should know originally Angela was a Republican and then people know that I ran and helped the uh, constitution party go on, get on the ballot, but I've always been in no party affiliated. So if you go to CF or let's do it this way, call to org, you're going to see the first article posted today that's requesting assistance. Now, both Angela and I believe Trump is doing his job. So we're not running because we disagree with Trump. We're running because we disagree with the Democrats, the Republicans. We disagree with the comments of Obama, of uh, other individuals. We don't believe the House of Representatives, the Congress, the Senate are doing their job. We don't believe that there's things that are happening, with the virus that should have happened We think it was a violation of the First Amendment uh, Angela's uh, uh, father is a uh, large church In the state of Indiana uh, She's a member of 10 members of her family She was the last one born And she's an African-American And she lives here in, in Florida uh, And I'm going to run with her As I did when I ran with Tim in uh with a uh of the governor of florida uh, we are running in order to make news and to teach and if we do it at the level of florida we have a feeling that we're going to get more attention from the senate and that we're going to get more attention from the president uh, angela continually sends messages emails uh, and those things to President Trump, as everybody know, knows that I do. But we're having a real problem that, constitutionally-wise, Trump has bad staff members, and his staff is not advising him. So by her and I running for the president and the vice president in the state of Florida, we're coming to the conclusion that the attention that we can bring – whether it enhances President Trump, whether they take and get attention to the news media, we're going to stand on the Constitution. We know that this is a Christian nation, and people might say that there's minorities being crucified in America. Now, we're not going to try to get into racism or gender, but today in the United States of America, your Caucasians are the minority. So this should never be about an African-American or a white person or a Caucasian or a Mexican or a Hispanic or a German. It should be about the fact that you, as a person, has the right of the Constitution. The president's comment saying he has done things for the black is a non-correct way of phrasing. I, as the president of the United States, have given the freedom as per se of the Constitution. I have given equal rights to all members as the president in the three and a half years. So the positions we have to take is when the president told the state governors that they needed to do certain things with the virus, the state governors refused to protect their people. And the president had to sit down and come to certain conclusions in order to rectify issues. Does the mask work? We're finding 69% of the immune system is destroyed by the mask. Is the injections that people should or should not get working? Was there 60 to 80,000 that died from the uh, influenza and the flu? Is the real total 20 to 30,000 versus the 100,000? One of the members of my board of directors under call dot dutyorg uh, is from Brazil, and he's a naturalized citizen. They said that there was a great number of people dying in the hundreds of thousands in Brazil. There's 220 million people in Brazil, and the number is 22,000 or less that have actually passed in Brazil. The president of Brazil is a Christian. He's a Bible man. He walks around with the Bible, and he get elected from the president of Brazil with no money in his pocket at all. He got 11. It's the same issue we now have with the president who walked the other day with the Bible and people tried to assassinate, to harm him through a riot. The American society has forgotten that the 13 colonies are Christian. We need to stand up. So Angela and I, who we have posted the email links on our website of gocaldoduty.org will need the typical 29 electors. The state of Florida has now come to the conclusion that you cannot be a candidate without 130,000 signatures. They're now saying you cannot put up $10,000 and put your name at the ballot. So you have to have 130,000 and X numbers for that, or you run as a writing candidate, and you need your 29 electors. What we're asking is anyone from the state of Florida – Sending their email with their name and their address, and we will add them as the electors. If the numbers grow and we reach the 130,000, we will then put the names as a not a write-in candidate, but we'll actually have our name on the ballot. So we're asking the people of the state of Florida and the other states to understand: it's not about racism. It's about the equality. The United States says equality. President Trump is doing equality, and we're forcing people to make comments because of individuals that formulated corporations, namely the Black Lives Matter. And if you go to the website called you'll find that in 2016, we wrote hundreds of pages on Islam, Muslim, on Mohammed, on all these things of communism, so everything you're hearing today, we wrote it four, five, six, seven years ago. This is an entire fictitious group of individuals being funded by individuals to overthrow and make you a communist, socialist country, and they're using these issues. Should somebody have been killed? No, there's, there's a 1000 people every year killed by the police department. more being killed that are African-American. But what they're not telling you, there are African-American officers shooting people of both colors, whether you want to call them Hispanic or if you want to call them Caucasian or if you want to call them African-Americans. You need to really look at the past, what took place last year in 2019, How many people died? Why are we making an issue of one individual if it's not being funded to destroy the United States of America? So I really appreciate it, Robert, that you've let us get in here together, Angelia. And it is something uh, my birthday was today. And for the first time, thank you. Instead of being the president, I'm going to run as the vice president. And Angela is an African-American and she is, uh, and I did send you pictures and we are, uh, she's a very intelligent, uh, she did run for the Senate and she knows more than people think. So we're looking forward to this next couple months and, uh, uh, it's going to be an interesting time as we go through these shows, Robert, thank you for the opportunity to speak.
2: All right. Welcome. Definitely uh, have her on as well. Uh, and we're going to bring in uh, Nathan and then I've got uh, an an audio uh, that I'm going to play. It's um, it's a longer one, but it's got some music in the background too. So it's pretty cool. Um, So it'll go by, it'll go by pretty quick, Uh, but let's go ahead. And and I may get to that right after uh, Nathan and whatever. I may bring things back around before doing that. Of course, I do got a couple articles I want to, you know, we want to get through. Um, One is, you know, about, uh, an article I have here uh, that the title is a swing state voters favor Trump over Biden on China protecting business pull, businesses poll fines uh, But first, let's go ahead and uh, bring in Nathan. So let's welcome Nathan. Nathan, thank you very much uh, for coming to the show. How are you tonight?
6: Yeah, great, sir. I, I got four real quick points, um, and 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 I I came up with these when your first caller was on uh... he said Trump is not surrounding himself. Here is the problem trump has he's an outsider. He comes from the population. He's got nothing to pick from but but lifetime politicians. so what he needs to do is he needs to get rid of them. This is why I'm for mr Trump I mean mr tobert running and 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 uh Angela running for uh any office because it puts them out there and they're able to be seen. In their process of trying to get votes that they can be recognized as outsiders and maybe get up pulled into office and appointed to positions after the election now here's the thing uh, uh trump Trump is fighting lifelong politicians in both parties. If you remember the tea party movement and if you remember the tea party movement here's my second point the tea party movement was was uh... people people getting tired they put together rallies and the republican party federalized the tea party because here in orlando they were saying the, the lady and that the, the, and another guy that came up with it uh... they were just regular citizens and and they came up with the tea party and they put out over the radio and in all kinds of media that the politicians will be invited but they will be in the audience they will not be on the stage But when the Tea Party buses founded by uh, 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 by Republican um, politicians and consultants started touring the nation at the Tea Parties, when they showed up, the Republicans were on the stage. And then the message for the Tea Party wasn't no more politicians, now it's hold the Republicans' feet to the fire. And we got the same Republicans reelected that we've seen running for office all of their life. Now, in Florida... There was 762 people running. Most of those people were people from like a Navy Seal that came back from the from uh, the war and knew what we needed to do in Congress. We had people in insurance in and care, people in every realm, and 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 they they got they never got a chance to get in there, and and so um, on the right priv the third one on the white privilege. Uh, here's the thing you got to remember about the white privilege. In the 13th Amendment, the black freed slave, on paper, even though he couldn't vote, on paper, got to vote for the first time. And then after the 14th, the 13th and the 14th uh, Amendment, the second section, the white man, for the first time on paper, had the right to vote. Okay? And neither one of them could vote because they had a rule, and I, and, and I can understand this. And I would have agreed with it if I was back then. Uh, they they had a rule that says, unless you're a taxpayer, you're a property owner, you, you can't vote. Okay? That was at the beginning of the country. And then when this came along, they had a rule I that think you I had to pay a tax. <laughs> Well, but back then, <laughs> but when after the um, – uh, in the 14th and the 15th Amendment, when the black man and the white man got the right to vote, because most of them were peasants and they didn't own property. Even the white man were sharecroppers. They worked for survival, and so uh, what they did is they came up with a rule that says you got to pay a poll tax. Well, these guys didn't get a paycheck on Friday; their their paycheck was corn collars and cotton, and doing whatever they can to survive. So, so the white man didn't get the right to vote either. Okay, so uh, and and this is this here is repeated again in the fi- in the fifteenth and. Uh, um, and again it just and again in the 19th it, it's repeated because it never was granted and then again it came to an end kind of in the 24th but after the 24th we still have a poll tax and that is you can't vote in the primary unless you're a, a Republican or Democrat registered voter uh the the constitution shall not the, the right of citizens to vote in any primary right there there's no option for closed primaries open primaries is the law of the land and it says shall not be denied by the united states or any other state okay for any poll tax that means money or any other tax that means a tax is a condition that means if you you got a low iq and you can't read we you can still vote unless we we amend the constitution if you're a certain color or you don't have a certain amount of education or you're not a Republican or Democrat registered, then you can't vote. That too is a condition. Let me get to my last point. I'm putting together a letter, and I'm gonna be bringing up some of this stuff, and it's gonna be an open letter to uh, Mr. Trump. And and what I have, because like I said, in seven, in in 2010, the Tea Party movement, there was 762 people running for uh, uh, offices. And many of these people had a consistent resume, okay, across the country. And I I counted them, and I quit counting that 30,000 going through all the states. There was more than 30,000 people across this country in 2010 running for office, and the only thing we got was the same Republicans elected with the message of hold the Republicans' feet to the fire. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write Mr. Trump a letter, and I'm going to ask him, at the In the next election go through, have a group of people go through the different states for the federal elections and if you wants to do it with the local and and state elections, he can do it too. But go through and find the people the candidates that have a basic understanding of the Constitution and a consistent resume. I'm talking about people that really have done something in their life and whatever application they whether they're a mechanic uh, engineer uh uh, uh... whatever doctor lawyer but let let let's find people that have been consistent and they got a basic understanding and if trump doesn't you don't have to put money into it all Trump's gotta say is i want i want robert uh... because he's a talk show host and he's had this job for many years he's he's a consistent citizen out there and 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 i've heard him talk a couple times he has a basic idea because kind of, i think y'all need to vote for him for congress and i believe that that will completely drain the swamp for as far as any politicians up there that are career up for re-election. And, and uh, that's what I'm going to do, and I appreciate, uh, I, I thank Mr. Tobert and Angela and anybody else that's out there running, even though they're, they don't have no chance of winning, but I'm going to tell you what happened here in Orlando, in Florida. Marco Rubio. There was two doctors, and health care was their issue. They couldn't get on talk shows. They, they, I think they got on page 49 small print of the local newspaper with what they were doing, but they got no press, and they were both doctors, and it was health care. Ha- and, and, and Marco Rubio, and I'm going to point this out to Mr. Trump, Marco Rubio won with 84%. Here's the question I asked all the news media here, and only one person, a lady named Martha from WDBO, responded The morning after the election, when they said he won with 84%, I sent this out to all the newsrooms, and I said, here's my question. Marco Rubio won with 84%. Can anybody tell me who his opponent in the primary was? Because there was no primary debate. And she sent back a message on my email. I don't know, but I'll find out. And I forwarded her back. I replied back with my phone number and said, give me a call when you get it. A minute later, the phone rang, and she told me the two doctors' names. And I said, Well, here's the other question. Why didn't we hear from them? They're, they were registered Republicans. The Republicans already decided who their man was. And then with uh, Dan Webster, Dan Webster ran on, cut the funding, had a picture of a, a water faucet with cash front, and he was running against the bailouts, right? And we had a Navy SEAL that just came back, and he was running for Congress because he knew what we needed to do in Congress to win the war. And the Republican Party made a deal with him. They'll give him a, a, a talk show for one hour, three days a week. And he can help rally the troops around uh, uh, the, uh, around Dan Webster. And and then Dan Webster won the primary and then the election. And as soon as he got up there, he voted with Obama's um, uh, uh, debt selling increase. And, 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 and he doesn't want to talk about it. He won't talk about it with anybody. So... That right there answers your first caller's problem. The reason Trump can't get anything done is he has nothing to pull from, to to, to to work with, but career politicians. And both parties do not want him. And I'll give you one last thing, and then I'll hang up. Go through the impeachment. Start with Marco Rubio. And, they, and when it came down to the final vote on impeaching him, Marco Rubio said... I know what the president did was wrong but I can't vote for uh, impeachment. Uh, Mitt Romney did the same thing. Lamar Alexander, you can find you can see you can see it. so the Republicans don't like him. They're waiting for him to get out of the way. He held them hostage and they don't like him because they ran he ran on repeal Obamacare and as soon as he got elected the Republicans didn't have any ideas and they, they just started stalling him. I'll show you this on and I got to go on this one. In 2012, uh, the Republicans, and and, uh, Ted Cruz was one of them, ran on repeal Obamacare. He got elected. They got a majority in the Senate.
4: And whenever
6: uh, September 2013 came around, he did a 21-hour, 19-minute fake filibuster, talked all night. The next morning they went up, took a shower, shaved, ate breakfast, came back down. This is the record went out on c-span a hundred percent of the senate a hundred percent of the republicans and a hundred percent of the democrats voted for obamacare they never touched obamacare again until two thousand fifteen december one month from sixteen which is the election cycle and they brought it up again didn't have the numbers obama vetoed it and they hit two thousand sixteen running with trump on repeal obamacare they got reelected in sixteen as soon as they got seated, they started stalling him. They did not bring it up in 18, and when they bring it up in, in 2020, they are lying through their teeth. This is the problem. That this is the answer to your first caller. We need to get the career politicians out of there. Thank you for your time, sir.
2: All right, welcome, Nathan, and you're, you're certainly welcome to, to stay in the line as we have that up. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to get uh, a response from you, Joseph, and then uh, we do have uh, Mr. Colbert still on the line. And then I do have callers on, uh, and I do see, Kelly, what to get in. Uh, I'm going to hang,
6: ke- hang up and listen through the computer. I'll call back if I need to.
2: Okay, sounds good. Now remember, um, we can't uh, call past uh midnight, uh, Eastern okay. time. So if you want to call in, call before that. Uh, we do okay. have uh, Kelly, and then we have a Skype. Uh, thank, thank you very much, Nathan. We really appreciate it. So, yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to bring it back uh, for response for uh, you, Joseph, and then uh, we'll bring it back to you, Dr. Tolbert, and then we'll bring Kelly, and i got a Skype caller on. We're going to get uh, uh, the name for a Skype caller. We'll get all the our comments in, and before I get... The, uh the audio clip uh, uh get a powerful night now actually real- real quick uh, before I bring Kelly in because i do see see some uh the new you know the new callers and I do want to play an audio clip that I'm gonna probably play a couple times tonight this might be the last time uh but I might play it again you know if, if possibly but and it's only two and a half minutes, but I, I think it's really powerful to hear this why I think you know these riots I don't think in any way uh especially with where these uh, a lot of these riots are happening in these blue states. Uh, what's going on? But anyway, uh, real quick, did you want to not real quick, but I mean, did you want to uh, re- reply to any of that uh, that was uh, Nathan was talking about there, or Dr.
4: Tolbert? Absolutely, uh, absolutely. I I agree with both uh, Nathan and I agree with Dr. Tolberg on all points. And what I'm hoping as an outcome, and I think for the first time, American people are waking up. And they're realizing that the two-party system is destroying America. The two-party system has been in power, running amok for way too long. And people are tired of having to, the lesser of the two evils. We don't have a viable third party. We should have by now had a viable third party with an infrastructure in all 50 states. We don't have an alternative. If anything is... If if anything, people can learn from this, from COVID, from from these riots, is the two-party system is the main reason why we are falling apart at the seams. And basically, at this point, it's just the choice of the lesser of the two evils. Neither are good. We keep on electing these elite politicians, both from the left and the right, over and over and over again, with no qualifications, with no significant record of accomplishment and then we ask ourselves why are we in the mess that we are in today so i pray it's my fervent hope that if the whigs which used to be the most uh, second most powerful political party prior to the the gop if they can be abolished i think it's very possible to abolish one of the two parties But there's going to be a price to that, Robert. It's going to take blood. It's going to take protests. It's going to take the will of the American people going out into the streets and demanding it. Because if history, what's wonderful about American history is we've had to shed blood to accomplish major, major accolades in our country's history. And it's sad that it has had to come at that price but it always has had to come at that price. And right now, both parties are sinking us into the oblivion, and instead are overlooking candidates who actually have qualifications and the right intentions, such as Dr. Tolbert, such as Angela. But they're nothing more than an oversight to the Republican and Democratic primaries who are bloodthirsty for power and will cling on to it until their last breath, until we, the American people, are finally ready to rise up and put them in check. Robert, I think you'll agree with me. If Ireland can do it, if other European countries can successfully orchestrate, organize, and create a third, a fourth, a fifth viable party, how Mm -hmm. can we say we are the best country on the planet And we can't even do that in our own country. Both parties are failing us. And the more we continue down this road, it doesn't get any better. It'll just always be a lesser of the two evils, but it'll just be an inevitability of not how, but when does America's fate come to an end. We'll wake up and not only see both parties for what they truly are, but maybe we'll... Awake a new movement to say, you know what, it's time we have a third option, but a third viable option with the 50-state infrastructure where we can put a person like Dr. Tolberg on the ballot on all 50 states running for president and other great people with resumes of, of the, uh, you know, type of uh, traits and, and, and qualifications and and leadership skills that Nathan was talking about—that's what will save America in the end. And I know, Robert, you will agree with this. We've been needing a third party for the longest time. And if we oh, yeah. really wanted to, we've parties. had four, right, we had forty years to do this, fifty years to do this, sixty years. We we had all the time in the world to do it. The problem is, if the American people don't want it, in the majority. It just doesn't happen. And I hope this situation wakens people to realize we need to start organizing a third viable party because a third viable party is going to take 20. It's going to take 30 years. But it's an investment, I think, that will save our country from the precipice. It's about time, ladies and gentlemen. Both parties are no good for nothing. It's just the lesser of the two evils, but they're still taking us down. And the one reason why Donald Trump will never be able to drain the swamp is because, unfortunately, he has to be beholden to the Republican donors because there is no third party. There is no viable option. There is no third party that Trump could have jumped onto because we all know Trump is not a Republican and conservative in nature. He's a populist, but he ran with the party that was going to support him, he ran with the party that was going to give him the infrastructure, the funds to get elected, and I think Trump went with the lesser of the two evils. I think personally Trump is nauseated by both parties. I, I, I think personally Trump doesn't even approve of the Republican Party, but it's a lesser of the two evils. What other choice does Trump have? And I'll defer back to you, but Nathan Dr. Tolberg, I agree with you hundred percent on all your points spot on you no
2: know, before I bring in uh Kelly and joseph i uh, i I just make a, a comment oh well yourself but Dr. Tolbert, is I remember when I was a kid i don't know if I was a kid, but I was much younger <laughs> it's when the it's, it's actually when the internet and uh social media- not even social media but- the, the, just the starts of social media uh came up. That came out, and I remember, you know, where you, you know you were you were making groups on some kind of platform. I don't I don't even think it was Facebook. That's something that was even something that predated uh, Facebook. And I remember, you know, oh man, wouldn't it be cool to, to start a new party? And I, I even was creating a platform for the party, and you know, looking for you know what a mascot of the party would be and things of that nature. And it was the populist party. Is basically what it was. I mean, that's why I, I, you know, I called it. I'm not saying I created it. I'm not saying that when I was messing around with it, um, you know, it was it was a, you know, the populist party, and you know, so that was something you know years ago. But yeah, I mean, I, and I don't even know if that's a party that even exists anywhere. But who knows? Maybe if people, if someone wants to try to put a party together, maybe that, you know, maybe it's. I don't know if that's too generic, but I think, you know, that. You know, again, you could take—I mean, the real concerns of the people, uh, and, and it'll be interesting to see what what kind of things would be on uh, a platform for a populist party. So let's go ahead and do it this way, where we're going to get Dr. Colbert if you want to uh, uh, make comment on that, and then we'll bring it yourself into uh, to you. Uh, yeah. You know, I can't even talk to that. So think about that audio clip I want to play, and then after you, Dr. Colbert, yeah. then I'm going to play that two-minute audio for for Kelly and Joe and the other new callers, and uh, go ahead.
5: Yeah, we keep getting a disconnection for some reason, but let me just really quickly.
0: Six
5: times we filed paperwork for Citizens for America to be a political party in the state of Florida. Six times they refused, and in 10 years there has been no new political parties. So the state of Florida will not let you form a new political party. Number Two, to run for the office of president in the fifty states cost you fifty million dollars. Mm. The next Ireland is the home country of the masons. You got to go back to the Masons grew up the Constitution by the majority of the thirteen states. The next comment is the the uh, countries that own. Your credit bureaus are also in Ireland, which are also formulated where the Masons are at. So your entire structure is totally done. The states, the 50 states, will not let a person file paperwork to form another political party. The states have required the cost of hundred dollars uh, hundreds of dollars are now in the state of Florida, 130,000 signatures. You can't just
2: put your, put your house. Still there, Dr. Tolbert?
5: Yes, can you hear me?
2: Yeah, you're breaking up there for a bit.
5: Okay, Trump told the Republican Party, you either support me or I'll drop out and run as an independent. The Republican Party only supported him because they knew that if he ran as an independent, the Democratic Party would win. So Trump didn't get funded by the uh, uh, Republican Party donations. He actually used donations he got from his own campaigning to run for president. Mm-hmm. And is correct what he's saying. Joseph is correct what he's saying. And unfortunately, my telephone doesn't like me. It drops out four or five times when I talk.
1: To <laughs> Sorry, and I yeah. think
5: the NSA, the NSA doesn't like me on the telephone with you guys. So go take it from there. Well, we, well, we like
2: me. it. Well, we like. Well, we like having you on. Uh, and let's go ahead and. Well, I'm gonna play this audio for the for the new callers and then we'll bring uh Kelly and then Joe in and then Nathan wants to come back in as well and then I got a, another powerful audio clip. But but certainly I want people to hear this and, and this uh again the title of the show is COVID riots corruption how the Democrats may lose in twenty twenty. And, and this is in Minnesota. This is uh just you know, one citizen, but this is I think a lot of a lot of folks are feeling this way. Uh, in these blue states, with these Democrat so-called leaders. How was last night?
3: Harry, I live in the high rise right back here, and I seen them as they came down Lake Street. But then they turned and started coming over here, and I'm sitting up looking them out my window, and they went. Straight to Office Max, the Dollar Store, and every store over here that I go to. I have nowhere to go now. I have no way to get there because the buses aren't running. These people did this for no reason. It's not going to bring George back here. George is in a better place than we are. Last last night I will be honest, I wish I was where George was because this is ridiculous. These people are tearing up our livelihood. This is the only place I could go to shop. And now I don't have anywhere to go. I don't have anywhere to get there.
2: I know you mentioned, you know, being in your home last night and you and you did have some folks that were helping, you know, holding holding the ground. And you see some cleanup right now as well. You know, there are signs of hope, but I can I can see the frustration still.
3: <coughs> when the National Guard came down 31st and they realized that they were coming down 31st, they tried to run in the building where I live at. And they couldn't get in because there was security there, and I'm glad they were there because if they hadn't got in that building there's no telling where they would have been hit to stay safe and try to mess with us inside the building because we're a handicap and i'm not trying to use handicap as a crutch but there are certain things i can and cannot do and for, for them to do what they did last night was just stupid it was ignorant now Now, what are you going to do? Where are you going to shop at? Half the the people probably don't even live in Minnesota. They don't care. Stephanie, thank you so much. And I hope you find some peace. Uh,
2: Thank you very much. Well, we did have another caller in, but they dropped. Hopefully they'll be able to call back. I hope that's not something that's going on with people dropping calls. I apologize for that. But let's go ahead and get Kelly and then Joseph, and then we'll bring in Nathan. And then I've got another audio, and if we get the other callers able to call back in, we'll get them as well. But let's go ahead and bring in Kelly and then Joe. Again, I bring people in in the order that they – Want to chime in? You know, put. let me know they want to chime in. So let's go ahead and get Kelly. Thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight?
7: Hey, I'm doing good. I'm a little bit excited. Because um, the whole corona um, exaggeration is over. Corona's over. You watch the TV, you see all these uh, rallies. And, uh, you know, people are not six feet apart. Not many are wearing masks. Yeah. Um, so, hey, the corona's over. Yeah. I'm kind of joking. All right, uh, I want to give a shout-out to the Wairika Police Department. They did something wonderful yesterday. I'm trying to help, as you know, help at the local homeless shelter, but uh, trying to get a homeless guy back to Montana, and uh, he got beat up pretty bad, and he's kind of had some mental challenges from his injuries, and uh, he needs an ID to get on a plane. We're talking California to Montana. Uh, that's one method to get him there. Oh, DMV's closed, and he, he's got to get, go there in person. That's closed. Oh, we go two hours away. Oh, wait, they're not. They're only doing it by appointment. It's just such a bunch of pain in the butt. But another homeless told me, "Well, hey, let's put him on Amtrak. Uh, they don't need an ID." I'm like, "Come on." Uh, actually, if they get a report from a police department called a uh, missing ID report. He can get on the Amtrak and get and see his, uh, and go back to his mother's. So I'm like, shout out to IPD because they were glad to help. They printed it form him out, took, you know, took some time. Uh, but basically in one sitting, another officer kind of vouched for him. Um, he did have a copy of his old ID. So IPD was just really helpful to get him a document that will get him on Amtrak to get him home. So that's what I've seen here. The local police department is really wonderful. There was a rally in Mount Shasta. That's part of Siskiyou County. We're on the Oregon border. Uh, yesterday it went off peaceful. Um, and I don't know what to call these things anymore. Are they a local rally, a protest, or a riot? Well, they're leading to that. There's one Friday here in Wairika, and uh, that's going to be interesting. But after charges are filed, second degree murder and second degree um, um, aiding and abetting charges against the other officers. Hopefully, the rally. Whoa, whoa!
2: Did you repeat that? They, they, they charged the other officers with
7: second degree with aiding second and abetting.
2: Degree, oh, second degree aiding and abetting.
7: Yeah, you can't go first degree. First degree is like where you. Hide in somebody's garage. You planned it, okay? First first degree murder yeah. is planning, planning, planning. So you hide in somebody's garage. You wait for them to come home to get out of their car. You jump out from hiding. You kill them because you had a plan and forethought. Second degree right. is you—it's murder on the spot, and could you have stopped what you were doing before they were dead? That's second degree. Third degree manslaughter. Okay, we understand that one. Okay, so, okay, so there's a local rally. Now. Yeah, they charged – they raised it from manslaughter to second degree murder. I think that's quite appropriate. And the other officers with aiding and abetting, second degree. All right. So but tomorrow night in Wairika, it's a small town, about seventy five hundred people. I'm sorry, Friday night. Friday night at six, there's gonna be a rally. Rally. <clears throat> rally slash protest slash riot. And I was talking to one local. I said, Did you hear about this? And he's, his he's is Rob, he's well respected. He he works uh, security. He said, you know what? If they start going crazy on businesses like all over the country going on, a few phone calls and 30 rednecks will just come down on them so hard, so fast. (laughs) So our town's pretty safe by show of equivalent force, and they won't be carrying uh, water balloons. They'll be carrying guns. So at least, you know, locals here, we know each other too. Who's a good guy who's not? Anyway, all right, so – I took my son's survey today, and uh, it's really cool. He's 14. He's getting it. But we were talking we were talking about um, – I'm explaining the protests, you know what's going on and this and that, and sometimes they turn violent. you got to watch out. If you go, sometimes there's agitators that will cause problems. I explained Kent State. People got killed. Innocent people got killed. And when the agitators uh, pushed the crowd forward into the cops, there were just a lot of innocent uh, – College students, just curious onlookers. This is, you know, I asked, would you go to a rally? He said, yeah. Yeah, if it's peaceful. He says, Yeah, you gotta be careful about the agitators. And he said, you know, I asked him, Would you get violent if you went to a rally protest? He said, you know, no, I would not get violent because we would become what we're protesting against. He's fourteen, he gets it. We would become what we're protesting against um I, he's had so many insights it's brilliant um but anyway so um this this lady that you just had on the video she's frustrated george floyd's uh younger brother said he would never want this, and it's not going to bring him back and uh that's that's a very good thing but i one of the things I wanted to point out because I want to discuss the new the the black minneapolis uh police chief because he's there's some really good things about him anyway one of the reasons why there's such riots is well in the words of oliver Wendell holmes he was a chief justice of the supreme court eight late 1800s he wrote a book called common law which was a series of, of his lectures he said the desire for justice must be satisfied i'm sorry vengeance the desire for vengeance must be satisfied vengeance covers both civil and criminal cases so it's a very profound statement he he made in this in this long document long dissertation. But the desire for vengeance must be satisfied. And I'm like, wow, and, and that's um, obviously he discusses. You know, when when law does, runs its course, the rule of law and and uh, the um, offenders are the perpetrators are dealt with swiftly. Well, then the desire for vengeance is satisfied. Um, but that's been one of the reasons why um, we've had these, these riots. We're not getting on this very quickly. You know, the ma- the Boston Massacre happened, and the grand jury got the British officers indicted within uh, three days. And that was a time of very strong hostility. I want to get to that later. But the grand jury, again, is a mechanism to get on it quickly and get, uh, get people arrested, get them indicted, and then uh, – the tempers of the people will be at least calmed down some. So I wanted to talk about uh, Minneapolis Chief of Police. Was researching him. This is an NBC article from May 29th. It says Minneapolis Police. This is about Chief Madera Arredondo, and he seems like a really decent fella. You know, one of those guys I might want to meet actually. Um, so this rep- this uh, report. It's only a couple, uh, a few paragraphs. But this is a Mil- Minneapolis police chief thrust into the spotlight by the George Floyd killing, was promoted to his post after another racially charged death that involved an officer. The fatal shooting shooting of Justine music Damond. Just, Justine Damond, all right. Chief Madeira Aredondo, then a twenty-eight year veteran of the force, became the city's first black police chief after his predecessor uh had resigned amid harsh criticism for failing to cut short his vacation and return to Minneapolis after uh, Damon was accidentally killed by Minneapolis police officer Mohammed Noor in July of 2017. So we have a new police chief at the helm, Medaria Arredondo. Okay, so, but in that shooting, I said it was accidental, but it was, Nor was uh, black and um, Damon was white. Isn't that interesting? You had a black shooting a white. And I saw her picture. She's pretty blonde. Um, But we didn't hear much about that now, did we? All right. Now, the 53 year old police chief is trying to help calm a city that has been torn apart by several nights of protests following the release of video that captured the last moments of Floyd. A black man who died while he was being detained by four Minneapolis cops. Erdondo has drawn praise for moving quickly to fire the officers, including Derek Chauvin, who was arrested Friday and charged with third degree murder. Well, this is again the 29th. But, uh, the charging documents state that Chauvin, who was white, kept kneeling on Floyd's neck for nearly three minutes after he became non responsive. The other former officers fired were Thomas Lane. Ku Thal and J. Alexander Coon The Thal, gee, I don't think that guy was born in Nebraska. Anyway, so, that, you know, reading further, I'll just kind of summarize. Um, Officer Arredondo, uh, he's not racist, he's cop blue. And he wants to um, make some changes within the uh, Minneapolis Police Department that would cause the community to trust the police department. It's like, wow, I'd like to meet this guy, you know, Madaria Arredondo. So, anyway, that's just some thoughts. Um, by the way, the uh, Minneapolis Attorney General delegated to a Deputy Attorney General and worked with the Hennepin County uh, District Attorney. They were working together on this. And, and anyway, it was a, I think it was a good choice to... Uh, um, cause a uh, black attorney general, deputy attorney general, uh, assign that guy to the case. I heard him speak today from, the, again, the state attorney's office. Really sharp guy. Um, so it's I don't quite clearly understand the accusations of racism necessarily when you have a black AG, a deputy AG, and you have a black uh, Minneapolis police chief. Um, I, I just, I, I don't think those claims are holding up anymore. Uh, we are working together, black and white, and we are reaching equal positions. We did elect a black president. So anyway, I just, you know, um, I find this all interesting when you put it together. I'm Hopefully for a little more time on the grand jury later. But um, yeah, sounds like some decent people there in Minnesota are getting on top of it. It's just a bummer it took so long because, you know, we have, well, even up Ashland, north of us, about uh, 45 minutes, they had some fires. Redding, a couple hours south, and kind of small town, redneck uh, type, uh, combined with professionals, bigger city, they had they had some fires. Um, so it's it's real interesting, frustrating. Um, I have no idea what people in Ashland and Oregon had to do, which is, by the way, a Pretty much a progressive liberal town. I don't understand what people in Ashland did related to the Minneapolis killing. I, I don't. I don't get that, nor Reading, uh, nor Pennsylvania, New York, L.A., uh, Denver. I don't. I don't quite understand. Someone living in Denver had anything to do with the Minneapolis situation. Um, And I think that's what that lady you were just playing that clip from was talking about.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, and, and, and none of it really does. I mean, it just, it's just, it's just spreading out. I mean, I, I know they're saying it's, you know, Antifa and some are even crazy enough to say, and, and Nathan will get in. Unfortunately, we lost Joe, I guess. Um, we ran out of time. Maybe next time I'll just go, get Joe in. I know he has limited time, so uh, maybe next time I'll just get <laughs> Joe in when he calls, but I do like to try to get you know, get people in in the order that they, they call in. I just think that's the fairest way, but uh but yeah, I mean, you never even said. Oh, maybe even some, uh, you know, white supremacists, which we all know is it's crazy. I, I I don't see that at all. Um, but yeah, one thing I thought that and I'm gonna I'll bring in Nathan, that you know I, I want uh, to, to get out there as well. And then after Nathan. if we don't have anyone else to to chime in, I'll, I'll play the uh, audio I have. Uh, but <clears throat> excuse me, is that. What, what's been driving me crazy this past couple, you know, the weekend and the, you know, you and, know, and the, the earlier this week, is that, you know, there's all these up and down. And what, yeah, what, what's terrible? You know, what terrible would happen uh, to George Floyd? You know, I do think the guy was stupid, and I think, I think third degree. Murder is probably the best that they would be able to get, or, or in my opinion, should be able to get uh, for that. You know, just knowing that the first, second degrees is a hand for them to be second degree uh, aiding and abetting. Uh, I don't know. I think they're my, my, my thought on that is they're throwing, they're just trying to throw them, you know, them to the fire, throw them, you know, throw them to the wolves. It, it basically, try to stop the, uh, the the riots from going on. And and I don't agree with that at all. I don't. I don't. I don't. Agree with scapegoating or or throwing anybody under the bus or throwing them to the wolves just to, to stop, you know, a bunch of people who and, and one thing that gets lost and it, 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 the, the life is tragic. You know, I mean, but hey, what about the life of that black seventy-seven uh, seven-year-old officer who was killed? He was African American. He was black. I and mean, He was killed seven seven seventy-seven years old. You know, where where's the the outcry for that? Where's the eye, um, outcry? And this is the part that bothers me. Is why don't we have people like us? And I'm, I'm telling you, this is what I said. And remember, I said this a while ago. But even Russia's using the terms about a civil war, and, and here it's coming. And maybe one thing that these protests, and these rioters are showing—not not the protests, but but the rioters—but you know what the rioters are showing is: look, we need to get out there. We need to get there, get out there with our signs. Okay, and 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 uh, and, protest, and even more so than that, what really gets under my skin, what really gets under my crawl, is that there's so much outrage about this, you know. And you, but you can have one of our citizens, a young girl, gets killed by an illegal immigrant in this country. Where are the protests to that? Where are the protests and the riots and these? Places where they are, have these, you know, sanctuary city laws. Sanctuary cities. Where's the outcry? Where's the protest? Where's the riots in these cities? These cities where we have, you know, our young citizens, you know, even young girls getting killed by illegals who aren't even citizens of this country. So we have all this outrage on this, but no outrage. Where, where's the outrage for that? And one thing that always gets lost in this. That's always, you know, I, you know, that always gets lost in these conversations. And then I'll bring it over to you, Nathan. is that they always forget that the you know this person he com- the guy committed a crime, yeah, he probably just like, passed a counterfeit dollars but he you know naturally i don't think he's been killed for that, of course not um, well, the guy did again well, it was stupid and they, well, hold on and it should be it should be third degree murder that'd be a, a fair assessment but when my, my you know my point is is that and also one thing that I talk about is he may have had some um Oh, uh, I think they even found some kind when they did the autopsy. Fentanyl. I think they said they had fentanyl in his system. Which, you know, again, I don't think what the guy did was right. I think third degree murder is a is appropriate for him. I I don't know about the, the other cops who are standing by. Again, I think they're just trying to throw the I mean, seriously, think about it, Kelly. And then I'm gonna bring uh you can respond and then we'll bring in Nathan, is that here's the thing. This happened over a week ago. And if they just Charged these cops, the, the cops, the other three cops. A week later, you know what? You know what that tells me. What, what that tells me, and then if you want to respond, what that tells me is they were searching, they were digging for what they can find to try to, to to charge these three officers with. And because they were spent so much time trying to find, oh gee, what could we, you know, charge these guys? Is it more about charging them, you know? The, you know, for the law, you know I mean, or are they charging them just because they're hoping that quells the riots? That's what i don't want to see I don't want to see people get charged with crimes because of you know the tyranny of the masses, okay because they're having these riots, and they're demanding no you know no justice, no peace, well. So are they really charging these guys because they really think this is something that could be prosecuted, or are they charging these guys because they're like, oh man, I really hope this quells the riots? And I, you know, I'd rather be, you know, the former than the latter because if they're doing it just to quell the riots, then is, is that justice? Is that you know, you know, the law and order here in America? Uh, go ahead, Kelly.
7: Well, the charge of manslaughter versus <clears throat> um, second degree murder. Um, I talked to a well again. <clears throat> second degree is you killed somebody. You could have stopped. But you killed somebody. Manslaughter is when you you run a red light and you kill somebody. A pedestrian's walking and you kill them. That's manslaughter. You you don't have a ch- choice in the sense it just happened. Um, you're building something downtown. Your bricks are on the edge of the. Um, roof, and a pedestrian comes by, the bricks fall down and kill somebody. That's manslaughter. You know, it's like the yeah, diastasis. That's, that's not
2: That's a third-degree murder. I'm saying third-degree third murder is, is, is different. I mean, third-degree murder is manslaughter.
7: Third-degree third murder is manslaughter.
2: That's all that is?
7: Okay, well, you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So second-degree, you could have stop, but law. you didn't. Yeah, yeah. So I talked to a former police yeah, he's a retired policeman. And he said, "You know." Well, I
2: heard differently. I heard that, I heard that's what what you just described. I heard that was third degree. I heard first degree was worth, you know, intent. You know that you actually planned it. You know, with first degree. Right. Second degree was that you didn't plan it. Um, but you, uh, you can. But, but you know, you didn't plan it. But you purposely ralph. Yeah, my thing was you no know, first degree is you planned it. Second degree is that you killed him, but you didn't plan it. Third degree was where you know, you know, again it was just where you know you didn't know what you were doing with killing. Him. So that was, that was my yeah. understanding. Go ahead.
7: Yeah. So yeah. So, so second degree, you could have stopped, but you didn't. And talking to this retired police officer yesterday or today, sorry, he said, you know, when I was a cop, I would say, hey, hey, hey what are you doing? What are you doing? Um... So that would, would lead to aiding and abetting of the other off. Hey, hey, wait, they, because they did not step in. Hey, what are you doing? And the other suspicion this retired cop had, um, really neat guy. we got to get him on the show. But he was claiming that uh, um, we, you know, we would have we got him off, and we would have just – he's there on the ground. We just would have worked good and get him in the vehicle. We wouldn't – but nine minutes, I guess they said it was nine minutes, seven or nine minutes. Um, we would have never – in our training, we would have never done that to anybody. And then there's another fact that I've heard that I can't confirm. I've heard that uh, uh, Floyd uh, – George Floyd and Derek Chauvin at one time worked as security guards at a bar. I, I, at
2: the- actually, I might have an article there. I, I think I've seen an art. No, actually, um, give me a moment since you brought it up. And brought it up, let me see something here. Yeah, here we go. This is actually an article. Here's an article you can find at the on the Bards Lodge Public website and on the newsroom page. It says um, George Floyd worked security at the same nightclub as the cop who killed him. says so the murder of uh, George Floyd was sparked outrage across the blah 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 blah. Let's see where it goes, yeah, former club owner has come forward and told local news channel KSTP that the two men uh, worked for her security guard at El Nuevo Rodeo or rodeo Club on Lake Street in South Minneapolis. The business was sold a few months ago, but the club owner Maya uh, Santa Maria says the two men worked together on the same shift back when it was still open.
7: Okay. Did they like but, each other? Did they each other? We don't know. Well, but,
2: well it says this is certainly says this is certainly a um, it says Chauvin was an off duty police officer from entirely seventeen years that we were open, they were working together at the same time. It's just that Chauvin worked outside and the security guards were inside. It said this is certainly uh, an extremely strange coincidence, and this thread could potentially reveal that Chauvin and Floyd had some type of previous involvement. However, Santa Maria said that she can't be sure if the pair knew each other because the club was regularly filled with dozens of security guards and worked in different parts of the building with Floyd inside and Chauvin outside. That did work overlapping shifts, though, and the probability that the two employees would remain strangers and then end up staring in a murder case is incredibly slim. Uh, so that's again, that's an article you could read more of on the uh, Barnes Lodge website on um, the newsroom. Uh, yeah. Page. Go ahead.
7: Yeah. Well, Floyd Law, you know uh, George Floyd. So he's trying. He's passing a twenty-dollar bill that's fake. Now, did he know it was fake? Did he know? I mean, he could have been innocent to innocently. Right. Well, I got a friend. You know, he could have been completely innocent on that. Um, right. I, so you, we never know what the situations were that led to his arrest. But the, yeah, the retired police officer, he said, you know, we would have said, knock it off. And we would have just got him in the car. And another thing that's a little bit suspicious here is that people get killed by cops. There's a website called Cop Block, um, CopBlock.com, and they have a place where people report this. And this happens, oh, I'm going to guess, at least once a month all across the country. We just don't hear about it. But how in the world? And we don't know who had who did the video. But how in the world did this go so mainstream so fast? I I don't, I really don't know. It's just it's just some things that aren't making sense here. But at least, you know, um, it looks like justice is being served, just a lot of people got impatient, and then they claimed racism, which again, well, if it's racism, what about Noor, who was black, and damned the, the woman, who was white? You know? Like, come on. It's not, a, yeah, and you had a point there, too. What about when, uh, you know, like in San Francisco, when that uh, teenage girl got killed by an illegal, um, Things like that. Why yeah, isn't it going like it's to this? Yeah, yeah I and mean, I'm just back to you, but I want to talk more about the grand jury later, how it can help move swiftly, but uh, yeah, back to you.
2: Well, yeah, let's go ahead and bring that back in. He's patiently waiting. Yeah, unfortunately, we missed Joe. I think next time, you know, I know he's got, uh, you know, limited time, so maybe we'll just get him in first. Um, you know, I, again, I like to have an in where I, I do an order, but well you know it just seems like when when, when that happens cuz it's limited time we always seem to uh, to lose joe we had another caller but i guess you know I, again if 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 you wait long enough you'll definitely get on the show there's plenty of time uh to get on uh it just maybe next time when I'm uh when i get him in the green room I'll say so how much time do you have for us tonight joe <laughs> when i get we get him in the green room and then maybe I can uh, work things accordingly. and Try to be, you know, accommodative mm-hmm. of that. But let's go ahead and bring Nathan in. And then I got this audio clip uh, that I'm going to bring uh, bring on. And then so what we'll do is we'll get uh, yourself. But we do have some other callers. Push one your number, die. would like to get in. Uh, and then we'll actually we'll bring it back to Jason before I get that audio clip. See if he wants to respond on anything he's heard since his last time we had him on. But go ahead, Nathan.
6: Hey, uh, I got uh, 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 something on the uh, third party that you guys mentioned earlier when, when I dialed in. But I want to say before I say that, on what you guys were saying about the $20 bill, the thing is, most banks, if they know they got a $20, they are stuck with this, so they're going to put it in and get it back out there because they don't want to be you know, calling it their money because they don't get any money for it. So uh, I was at a station one night because I, 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 I drove a gas tanker for 26 years, and I was at a service station one night, and it was this man came in, and, and he, they both, man and a woman, came in in the same car. They pulled in, came in, the lady got something. She paid a couple little things and paid with a $50 bill. And then the man bought something with a $50 bill, and they got in their car, and, and the clerk picked up the phone when they left, and she told him, I heard her saying, it, it, I, I strike the the pen over and, and, and it, and they're not real bills. And she said, okay, and then she hung up, and she goes, I was like, what's going on? She goes, they just passed a couple counterfeit bills, so she called the police and the managers on the way down there so they can get the video so that they can see the who it was they got from the parking lot, they can get a picture of the car and the license plate, and that way the clerk doesn't have to confront them. Now, if I walked into a door, into a store and I, I got me a cup of coffee and donut or whatever, and and I hand him the clerk a twenty dollar bill and they swipe this uh, little marker on it and they're telling me, you know, and they're calling the police and I, you know, I I would probably be frustrated because I I, I didn't make that bill. That's not. It's just circulating out there. So so what? You know, the way they handle it, the the cops could have got him. This thing was where he held his knee. You know, you if you ever been around martial arts or in the military or anything. You chop someone on the side of the neck, uh, the, the jugular vein, and they'll pass out. Okay, or either temporary get lose a lot of their strength. And when, whenever he held his knee on that jugular vein, that there is why he couldn't breathe. That's oxygen to the brain, to the lungs, and 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 that's what he did. Is he 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 choked him not from his, his, his breath from from his blood. But what I caught about is you guys mentioned earlier about the two parties and why we need to have a third party. I have no problem with any of the political parties. Everybody can have a group because we're not all going to think, and everybody, every group can put their candidate up. But what we got a problem with is the two-party system, the Republican-Democrat. Back in the day, it was the, uh, the, the Democrats and the Whigs, and then later the Whigs was over, and, it, and, and it's the Republican Party. But here's the problem. Here's our big problem. we have a two-party political system, but it's not in the doc- in the in the document. It, there's no two- party political in the system. There's no candidates like president and vice president. we, we they're both on the same ticket there's There's a president and the vice president, the constitution, Bill of Rights and declaration of uh, I mean the bill of rights and and amendments. and it's repeated, and the reason it's repeated through the three documents. It's because it was never enforced, but it's repeat, another amendment to, re, to, to enforce what wasn't enforced. But there is no two-party system. It's only individuals running for office. And, and I would say be a part of any party. Put your member up. Support him. And uh, But but we got a system, and the two parties are the Republicans and Democrats. All the laws, election laws, are made by the two parties, that, like the districting, and Congress, the districts. There's no districts. In, in the Constitution for the congressman, because the, 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 the congressman get voted based on the population of the state, that means all of the, po- all of the congressmen that goes to Washington, D.C. could live in the same neighborhood, in the same city, in the same state. They're not going because of maps mapped out on the um, you know, border lines mapped out on a map. That which we know today is goes because is based on social, economical, political, and you know, whatever else, other social uh, issue. And that's how if they want to redistrict your your district, and then then you can't beat the Democrat. If you're a Republican, you can't beat them if they redistrict it. And that's that's how the, the Republican Party or the Democrat Party says we'll redistrict because we don't we got to get rid of this guy. And, uh, but anyway, well, I just wanted to say that there is no two-party political system in the Constitution. And that went back to what I was saying earlier. That we ha- open primaries is the law of the land, Cong- uh, the right of citizens to vote in any primary. Right there is open primaries is the law of the land. So, And, it, and in Article 2, it also says Congress doesn't have the right over the federal elections except for times and manners, but places – Times, manners, and place. Times, manners, the federal Constitution, the federal Congress is supposed to make the laws for times and manners, but as far as places, that's the state's rights. That's, and and that's, like I said, it's repeated, but I just want to say I'm not against parties. I'm just against two parties being in control of the political system, because what that is, that really is a democracy. And a democracy is, is basically the two parties that take turns taking the pressure off each other. They got me and you, Democrat Republican, uh, divided, but but they are one group. They're really one party because they're up there making deals and compromises. And if you, you you're married, you understand what compromising with your wife does. It usually brings you together in unity because you can work together even where you disagree. And that's what we got. We need a, a room full of individuals who go up there with the oath to the Constitution and their own conscience. That's my opinion, and I approve of it. I'm going to hang up and keep listening <laughs> by the computer.
0: <laughs> Thank you for you your time, this, sir.
6: You're welcome. I you listen to message. you by archive, but the only reason I can listen to you live tonight is because I dropped a pole on my toe, and I'm out of work for three months.
2: Oh, my gosh. Well... Yeah. It's great to have, yeah. Us, uh, have you on the show. I appreciate it.
6: Okay, sir. I'll be listening more for a little while here now.
2: I appreciate it. And, uh, Joseph, before we get that audio clip I was uh, talking about earlier, uh, is there anything that you want to add on that?
6: No, no, no. I'm just enjoying y'all's conversation, and I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm sorry to be so verbose myself, but uh, you got a, you got some good thoughts going on here.
2: Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. And, and Joseph, before I get the, that audio, I'm going to mute everybody's mic because it is a longer one. Okay, I'm going to uh, hang do up Do you want little
0: to little
4: add little anything here. on that? No, well, I'm going to hang up a You Absolutely, Robert. I, I hear you know the arguments uh, of why a third-party system is not viable, and when I talk about a third party – I emphasize the word a viable third party, which is something that we have never had in our country's history. A viable third party with the infrastructure, with the capacity. And sure, the Republicans are not going to want to let go of their power and not going to want to make way for another party. And neither will the Democrats. I'll agree on that. And with the way the current infrastructure is set up in our uh, electoral college laws, there's no way for a third party. It's only going to happen if the American people truly desire it like anything else in our illustrious history. It's only going to happen if enough Americans come out in the court of public opinion and they say enough is enough. It's only going to happen if we can have dissidents from both parties who are like-minded and get the good apples from, from both parties who can say hey i'll jump onto this third party and once again let me emphasize this is not a one year endeavor or three year endeavor or five year endeavor I'm talking about 20 30 years down the the road to you know properly do this and of course yes but how do we ever come to the debate about a viable third party system if we keep shooting it down Every time it's brought up, well, the infrastructure, well, you would need this much amount of money. There you go. That's the problem. The appetite is not there. It's never been there for a third-party system. If anything is reminiscent about the American people is when we truly yearn change, our illustrious history has proven we can accomplish it, but it comes at a terrible price, and it comes at bloodshed. And it comes at lost lives. Look at the civil rights movement. If it were not for the bloodshed of the civil rights movement, I think African American people, it would be a whole different world for them today. So unfortunately, that's what it's going to take. And I don't know if the will of the American people will, will ever come about in my lifetime to where people are rising up and saying, This two-party system is not working and we, the American people, demand a change. We demand a third party and we're willing to go into the streets and we're willing to wreak havoc and we're willing to overturn cars or we're willing to do. Look at what they have accomplished. Look at what these rioters have accomplished. Anarchy and chaos. But they did something that two weeks ago... Robert, you and I were were saying was unspeakable was the grip and the hold and the egregious abuse of power that these blue state governors had on the people, the stranglehold they had on the people, to where we were living as if we were in a police state, where we could not leave our homes without being threatened of being arrested. And now look at the polar opposite. Two weeks later, here you have these same politicians fearing for their life, thinking, holy smokes, I didn't think people were capable of that. I didn't think they were capable. I, but we, we thought we had a stranglehold on these people. You better believe they were bowing down. They were bowing down out of fear. And that is what the American people are capable of doing, and a lot more than that. So if we're really serious about a third party, me talking about it is like beating a dead horse. It's going to be up to the will of the American people. It's going to take a big movement. It's going to take a lot of organization and infrastructure. It's going to take bloodshed, unfortunately. It's going to take a lot of sacrifice. If we want it and if we truly seek it, we can accomplish it. Look at our history. Everything we have accomplished monumentally has been through bloodshed and sacrifice. And that is what we need to really have the debate because just putting a few people on different ballots on a a third party that doesn't have the viability is never going to get those people to power. And let me emphasize one more time and I'll defer back to you. No, I'm not calling for a third party. I'm calling for a third viable party. Once again, a viable party that has the same infrastructure that the Republican and Democrat Party has to stand a chance, to have a real chance in heck, to have the organization and the money and the infrastructure. That's the only way we can have a third viable party. But the will of the American people, they have to have to want the appetite to want it. And right now, the American people, they have the appetite for violence. They have the appetite for anarchy and chaos as we speak. But the point I'm trying to make is when the American people want something bad enough, they just go out in the streets and they create havoc to get it. And it's unfortunate that we have to get to that point just to accomplish something or get something through. But unfortunately, if you look at our illustrious history, even going back from the Civil War, every monumental thing that we have accomplished was done through bloodshed, was done through sacrifice, was done through the will of the American people wanting it so bad that they created movements and they were serious about their agenda. And we need to start having this debate because I tell you something, Robert, these two parties are leading us into the abyss. And if we, God forbid, get to that point of no return, there is no return, Robert. There is no second chances. There are no do-overs. I don't know how much to emphasize to people who are not taking this seriously. We are in jeopardy as we speak of our government toppling. And if we reach that point, Robert, you and I won't even be talking on the phone. There will be no communication. It'll be like an apocalyptic movie. And no, I'm not hyperbolizing this, sad as it may seem. It is the end. There are no second chances. I pray that the American people do not continue sitting on the sidelines and just waiting for the inevitable to happen. I pray that we can once again rise up from the ashes, And prevail. I pray because if we don't, this is nothing in comparison to the anarchy and chaos and bloodshed that will happen if our government completely topples. Back to you, Robert.
2: Yes, um, and i have got having a little Twitter fight here. So I'm, I got a really powerful. It's going to go into the after through bars logic after dark. So don't let your bones uh, drop. Unfortunately, you know, again, we we haven't had a, a chance to hear from uh, the others because it looks like uh, we have not been able to call in. As, if anyone's spoken to Suzette, let me know. I haven't heard from her in a couple of weeks, so hopefully she's okay. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, and let's go ahead and get this. But yeah, we'll be in bars logic. Uh, After dark, by the time this audio goes off. Uh, But let me go ahead and, and get this keyed up for us.
8: Have you ever wondered why we go to war? Or why you never seem to be able to get out of debt? Why there is poverty, division, and crime? What if I told you there was a reason for it all? What if I told you it was done on purpose? What if I told you that those who were corrupting the world, poisoning our food, and igniting conflict were themselves about to be permanently eradicated from the earth? You might think that an idealistic fantasy. Well, let me tell you a story. We acknowledge there are criminals, of course. They rob your house, they steal your phone. They can murder you too if they think they can get away with it. We have all experienced criminals in one way or another. Criminals, as we know, are those who choose personal gain over the rights of others and have no regard for the law. But here is where you need to expand your thinking. Criminals can also succeed in business and politics and can be elected as our leaders. If a criminal became the president, imagine what they could achieve. They could use the full weight of their executive power to commit much larger crimes and ensure they and their friends were enriched to the fullest extent possible. A criminal president could create alliances with other criminal presidents and then collaborate on more global criminal activities. Anything goes, drug running, human trafficking, whatever makes the big bucks. The 20th century was turbulent with war, economic disaster, famines and displacement. We have always accepted these things as just human nature and simply the way the world works. Something inevitable and due to the weaknesses of human nature that drive us to these actions. This is where we were all tragically wrong. You are not a criminal. I'm not a criminal. So how can we just assume that it is human nature that is driving all this pain and misery? What if it wasn't human nature at all, and as a result of something more deliberate? We were taught that capitalism was the cause of a massive rich-poor divide and the reason for poverty, which in turn is the reason for war, crime, and starvation. Others were taught that communism, The system of equal wealth across all people was really to blame for the mess. But you see folks, it is none of these things. It is not our nature to fight and be racist. It is not in our nature to rob from others. What you must learn is that it was the criminals all along. Yes, they got power. More power than a criminal should ever have. They rose to the top of media companies that control our news and entertainment. They sent it to the top of the banking system. Also to the Oval Office. To Brussels. To the Vatican. To the Crown. They crept in quietly. They became leaders of agricultural companies who have control over our food supply. Also big pharmaceutical companies. The ones we trust to help us when we're sick. Nobody stopped them. And they just recruited more criminals to help them. First they accumulated the world's wealth. They invented a system of money called central banking, which lends money to governments with interest, placing countries into eternal debt. People's wealth got less. Their wealth got more. Much more. When a criminal is already as rich as they can get, then protecting their ill-gotten gains becomes the priority. Angry citizens tired of being poor are a major obstacle and can revolt if they suffer enough. The criminals needed to prevent this. So they diverted attention to the last remaining competitor, the people of the world. You and me. We were not happy being ruled by criminals and having to work three jobs just to survive. They know we won't accept it. So they used their control of the media to set black against white, woman against man, young against old, Muslim against Christian. They convinced us we were the problem so that we would fight and destroy ourselves. To get it done faster, they attacked all aspects of humanity that make us strong. Like family, using our influence over culture, they popularized lifestyle choices that led to a surge in broken homes, lost youth, and substance abuse. I could talk all day about how else they deliberately weakened us and it would turn your stomach. We were just trying to get on with living. So where are all... Good people just want to get married, have kids, make a living, and enjoy their liberty. Well, there were good guys, many. One became the president of the United States in January 1961. He knew about these criminals and wanted them gone. He knew their intentions for us all, and he wanted to fight them. Sadly, he had no idea how powerful they had become. Reagan also had good intentions for the American people. He knew this criminal mafia controlled almost everything by this stage, including the powerful rogue intelligence agencies. His economic policies were promising, but the criminals needed a weak America to hold on to their power. Reagan was shown with a bullet that a growing US economy and prosperous citizens were not what the criminals wanted. It was looking pretty grim for good people. Every time someone wanted to stand up and do the right thing, they got stopped. Were we ever to be freed? These criminals are also known as the Deep State, or Cabal, because of how they control things behind the scenes. Every president after Reagan was one of these Deep State criminals, and their empire got even stronger. With each bad president came new depths America and the world would sink. The world collapsed into darkness. Do you need me to tell you how? destroyed factories, declining job numbers, sicker people, opioids, destruction of Iraq, Syria, and Yemen with pointless war, displacement of people into Europe, ISIS, terrorism, collapsed governments, poverty, and genocide. Total misery. Do you think that was inevitable? Hell no. Well, here is where things start taking a new turn. When the full picture comes to be known, it will forever be regarded as the greatest story ever told. Well, here is the top line. Some good people still held positions of power. They valued humanity and the rule of law. While the criminals discussed their game plan at the annual Bilderberg meetings, the good guys were making plans of their own. The information age was coming to change history forever. As the internet flooded into every home and appliances became smarter, and when people started carrying tracking devices, an opportunity to put an end to criminal control over the world was emerging. We became connected, trackable, and surveilled. But so did they. They became dependent, just like we did, on email, SMS, instant communication. It made crime much easier, but it also put them on a grid that, if accessed by the right people, would expose their crimes to the public and end their iron grip on us once and for all. In this new age of information, it was thought that the military should also have its own intelligence agency to focus on cybercrime and espionage. They called this the NSA, the National Security Agency. Here we had every phone call, email, and text from every device stored and archived, whether it be someone making a doctor's appointment or the deep state setting up a massive heroin purchase from the Taliban. In the right hands, it would be enough information to expose the entire sinister criminal plot to rob us blind and wipe us out. Hold that thought. Now I need to explain the plan. The good guys were devising a plan to reclaim the world from the cabal and return it to the people. It would involve alliances with multiple countries, since the criminals had global rap lines, trade, and other infrastructure in place that would need their cooperation. It came down to two choices for America. Launch a military coup to seize the government from whichever cabal puppet was in the White House at the time. Or when legitimately, take control of the NSA, expose the criminals for what they are, and arrest them all. Obviously, the first option would be very troubling for the public. With people still preoccupied with cabal-engineered social issues, they would likely revolt and hurt themselves and others. No, it would have to be the latter. So they needed a candidate who could win, and who could win big. Many states like California had been so heavily inundated by criminals that even the voting machines were electronically set up to swing votes any which way. It would need to be a very decisive victory. Good patriots in the U.S. military and their global partners asked Trump to run for president so they could take back control of America legitimately without alarming the public. Trump was a good choice, obviously, because he overcame the vote of fraud and won. But he was a patriot, and he was loved and admired by the public. He was not interested in joining the cabal because they hated America, and he did not agree with them on that point. As soon as he showed interest in taking power, they activated their media assets to viciously turn on him. That's when we saw the sudden hatred emerge. Even when he won, the Cabal still had no idea what he was a part of, and the sophisticated plan that was about to unfold against them. Shocked at their loss, they mobilized their full arsenal of intelligence, media, money, and technology to try and take back power. There are people at the top of the DOJ and FBI then put together a plan to frame Trump and have him impeached. This is where we come back to the NSA again. All messages were stored and could be used to expose this plot and prevent Trump's overthrow. An entire book will be written about the first two years of Trump's presidency, false flag terror attacks, down planes, missile alerts, assassination attempts. Here is the point. The world is currently experiencing a dramatic covert war of biblical proportions. Literally the fight for Earth, between the forces of good and evil. I can't put it in simpler terms, but I can say it appears the good guys are winning. The cabal had complete control over North Korea. They hijacked the Kim dynasty, took them hostage and worked to build up a nuclear arsenal to threaten the world. Kim Jong-un suddenly embracing peace was simply because the deep state were beaten and driven out. ISIS was also destroyed in the year following Trump's win. We are all starting to see the pattern now that enough time has passed, that our biggest global concerns are starting to recede, and peace is returning. It is all evidence that the good guys are winning the war. But we are still in the middle. While a lot is improving, it still puzzles many that most of these known criminals are still free especially the higher-ups like Hillary Clinton, the Bushes, and Obama. That is coming in the next chapter of the story. That's why we have Q. The good guys with control over the NSA began the Q intelligence dissemination program to invoke an online grassroots movement that came to be called the Great Awakening. It started on underground internet channels and then moved to the mainstream. Q has been a fun distraction for those who follow world events and desire truth. But it is about to begin a much more important and necessary phase, keeping the public informed when the deep state war breaks out onto the surface. By this, I mean high-profile arrests. Yes, folks, the criminals I'm referring to are famous politicians, actors, singers, CEOs, and celebrities. People who have earned our trust, respect, and admiration. They have done very bad things that are all fully known and documented, and they will be severely punished those of us who have followed Q since the beginning will be here to help you make sense of the coming events. We are among the first to realize that our petty partisan divisions are just trivial distractions and we are all enslaved by a hidden enemy. We realized that the problem was never capitalism or socialism, democrat or republican, black or white, muslim or christian. We know it was just very powerful criminals who had too much power. Fellow slaves, it's time to buckle your seatbelt. Recognize your true enemy and embrace a new future that we all owe to the brave patriots who risk their lives to achieve this victory against the greatest force of evil the world has ever known. May God bless America.
2: And I tell you what, folks, uh, you should check out the video. Uh, that's there on www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Uh, definitely uh, check out the video because that makes that even more powerful. And, of course, the uh, audio I played earlier with that poor lady crying uh, is just unbelievable. So, uh, Joseph, we'll go to you uh, for your comments first and then Kelly, and then we'll uh, move forward. Go ahead, uh, Joseph.
4: Sorry uh, about head that, the mics on. Uh, Sorry for the delay. Uh, okay. mm, uh, uh, I mean, the video, the audio. Uh, how can I say this lightly? Because I, I, I don't, I don't want to come across as you know. Um, I don't want to come across as offending uh, anyone's religion on the show. Um, I'm a spiritual person, you know. Um, I'm a Christian. Uh, I'm just not a, uh, not overzealous. Um, and uh, you know, I, I, it was more of a biblical proportion, and I don't know. I, I, I can only speak from my experience. You know, we've been hearing the end of the world for the longest time, and I make some valid points about you know, um, corrupt governments and criminal elements and things like that. But it, it, it tends to tilt more to uh, a biblical, uh, you know. Proportion, and uh, I, I don't know. You know, uh, I'm a believer in God. Uh, I'm not an expert on it, and and I'm not going to pretend to be. Um, it could have truth to it. It could not. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe only time will tell. I, I only know what I know, Robert. And um, I just know that right now we are a country that's in a lot of trouble, and uh, we need uh, a lot of steering right now and uh, yeah there are nine million scenarios as to why we've gotten here but none of those really help us to get out of it pretty quickly and so um you know uh, that's pretty much where i stand you know um is it okay to say i'm 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 really not sure you know it could have truth to it it, it could not i i yeah um you know i don't know i really don't um so I really don't have an answer to that. That that really struck a chord with me spiritually. But at the same time, I don't know, Robert. It is plausible, but is it okay to say I don't know? <laughs> I just don't of course know. it is. Of course it is.
2: Go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Kelly. Yeah.
7: Um, <clears throat> By the way, I wish we had more time, Joseph. Uh... Uh, We – there's a there. – I'm a libertarian. I made that clear and uh, love to see a third party. (laughs) And uh, there was a third party called the Republican Party. Lincoln was the first, but it was the Whigs. The Whigs were exposed for corruption, and then a bunch of them went into the Republican Party. Anyway, uh, the League of Women Voters used to um, allow – well, Ross Burrow, remember, and uh, Bush Sr. lost. But people got control of that, and they only have – they only allow R's and D's in the presidential debates, so kind of like the media is in on it too. But uh, anyway, Um, that video Robert just um, discussed – I had my awakening in 1997 when I read – or was it 97? 97, 98 when I read The Creature from Jekyll Island, and then some – Old-timers explain more to me and and uh, other people, um, and since then, a whole lot of people wit- have awoken to a lot of things um, thanks to Al Gore because he invented the internet. Okay, um, <laughs> but um, I can tell you a couple things. Well, the Federal Reserve is not federal. There is no reserve. One lady said, oh, please don't tell me you're a conspiracy theory person. I said, all right, get out your phone book. Get out your phone book. And uh, so she got it out, slapped a $100 bill on the counter. She says, this $100 bill is yours. If you can show me the federal government phone number of the Federal Reserve. It's in the blue section, U.S. government, easy to find, right? Just look under F for Federal Reserve. She's like, oh, I'm going to prove them wrong. She couldn't find it. And she went under R for reserve. And she went under Treasury. She could not find the phone number of the Federal Reserve, Prince the Currency of the Nation. Thomas Jefferson warned us of a greater threat than standing armies is our banks. Of a greater threat than enemy standing armies on our soil are banks issuing the currency of the nation. He knew it full well. And so then I explained to her, you know, I called the general information number for the US government. And can you give me, you know, you want the Department of Ag, the Department of Commerce, the Department of Housing, a congressman's number, whatever. I asked this lady, what's the phone number for the Federal Reserve? She said, I can't give that out because it's a private corporation. So, yeah, people are waking up. Um, as far as this video goes, um, I've been studying this stuff a little too long. Yes, there are very evil people. Yes, David Icke exposed Bilderbergers. so he went there. Just because, long story, but accident what? He was already investigating all this. He's awoken a lot of people, the international cabal. And uh America they gotta have the R's and D's control. And they're doing tricks to make it hard for a third party to ever emerge libertarians, but we don't quite have the oomph and we can't get in the presidential debate. So anyway, so then um this idea of running finding somebody whom would exposed the corruption. And Trump has said, you know, in the video they mentioned child trafficking, whatever makes the most money. Trump has stated early on in his presidency, soon after he took office, one of the biggest problems we have in the world is child trafficking. And he's on it. And Epstein, you know, that's a pretty high up that got put in prison. Um the Orgy Island thing. You know the perverse wicked crap that they're doing and we're doing. Um all right, so the – Jerome Corsi, okay, he was a World Net Daily, I think still is, incredible investigative reporter. Jerome Corsi, I watched a video about him, and I've been reading his articles for years. But he stated that he was approached by the military during the Obama years, that the military wanted a coup d'etat. Now, I've heard this occurred before with Nixon. I think it was like a, a five – like a 4-3 vote of the general's. To overthrow Nixon, but they lost in the vote. But the uh, the military uh, approached Corsi because we are looking at doing a overthrow of Obama, from what we know in, in intelligence, include NSA. And then Jerome Corsi continued that you know they they wanted me to report as this happened. Um. But then six, six weeks later, they approached him and said, we found somebody who can end this corruption. His name's Donald Trump. When we go to electronic elections. Yeah, there's all sorts of problems and vulnerabilities, and, and there is proof of modems in these machines anyway. And that's how they keep getting elected also. But then why in the world did Hillary not get elected? I talked to a retired Navy gentleman, uh, James Manship. I think he's been on the show a couple of times. As a guest or not as a guest, but as a call in, he has connections with the nSA and he told me the reason why Trump won is because the white hat ha, the white hat hackers in the NSA were blocking the black hat hackers who would have had Hillary as our president, so there was a Silent cyber war going on, and that's why Trump won, and he's done certain things. If he's cabal, he would – if he was cabal, he would never, ever, ever do a number of things. Uh, Think about it like this. If Hillary Clinton was in office, there would be no walls. Uh, The bailout would go to corporations. Um, China – oh, yeah, keep taking our technology and no tariffs. Trump has done the opposite. Trump has done – anti-cabal things, and so the end goal, which you know, we lead to the Bible, of course, sometimes on the show, um, and I tease Robert saying, Barge Logic Gospel Hour, and then Robert says, I'm a <laughs> pagan, or oh, I don't believe in God. Okay, fine. Right. You know, it's, but I really appreciate Robert's acceptance of various views. If we look in... Bible, we find out in Revelations that there will be a mark of the beast. No one can buy or trade without it. Well, what are they trying to do a recent? Oh, uh, everybody get vaccinated and take the chip. And take the chip. Okay, well, that's where it's getting bizarre, kind of close. But they keep trying, to, they have these desires to take over the, the, the world, minimize the population, because too many people they can't control. So they do have these plans, and it's right there in scriptures. Well, it comes down to a spiritual root, Joseph. And uh, what does Satan want? What does he want? He wants something. He wants to be worshipped. He wants to worship. The scriptures indicate for three and a half years he will get his worship. When there's a big war catastrophe in the Middle East, and he comes as a peacemaker with a treaty Israel, uh, in the Middle East there's a peace treaty, and then all of a sudden he's a big hero. Um, but we also look at the te- one of the temptations of Christ Satan said, all the authority of the world uh, has been given to me, really handed over by men, but all the authority in the world has been given to me. I will give it to you, Jesus, if you will worship me. Isaiah 14, that's where Satan said, hey, I am gonna. I want God's worship. I want, he, he attempted to rise above God, and God threw him out of heaven. That's it, boom. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Of course, Jesus being God's son, he saw it all happen. So Satan wants worship. He wants worship like a crack addict wants crack. Now, evil men who want power and women and money, <clears throat> um, they're, they're Satan's minions. I know it's kind of going out there uh, on a limb spiritually, but if you look at the scriptures, you look at the scriptures, that's what Satan wants. And he has to use a Hegelian dialect or problem-reaction solution to get his people into power for the ultimate thing that he wants, which is worship. He wants worship like a crack addict wants crack. He don't care about, Satan doesn't care about us. But from a, it's it's easy for me to understand what's really going on in the world when you look at the spiritual route. But secondly, when you see certain things come to pass and you see evidence and you see a plan, you, bam, it, it's, from my perspective, Joseph, it's, it's pretty clear to me and maybe with more study, uh, you may have the same conclusion down the road. So I know at a minimum I won't be taking a chip, and I won't be taking a vaccine. So anyway, you know, I just I thought I'd turn it over back to Robert. Somebody else wants to? Is Doctor Tolbert still on?
2: No, he. Uh, it's actually just the, the the two of us or the three of us on the line now. I've um, been you know doing uh, you know Twitter. I tell you what, it's 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 unbelievable. Well, how you know, how much information is probably not getting out the folks, you know, I'm multitasking all my hair, you know that. And, you know, there's so many people who are saying like, oh, ninety nine for ninety nine percent of the protests have been peaceful and you know, millions of people have been protesting peacefully where there's only like twenty or thirty people have been uh, rioting. You know, it's like that's that's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, no, they must really Robert, not I've, be
4: Sorry about that. No, no, go
2: ahead.
4: No, I, w- I, I was uh, I was about to play the song Just the Two of Us. I wasn't sure if I should play it or not. I didn't know how many <laughs> people were left, so a little a little a little humor over there to add it. You know, uh, Kelly and I are very like-minded, very very like-minded, more than I can ever imagine. I I actually think I'm more like-minded than with him than anyone else on, on the show. We just. I think, have a different way of expressing it, but I think we're very like-minded. And uh, I I, I tend to think, um, and I want to bring this to you too, Robert, I I, I think that if we form a third viable party, right now the strongest party with, with the best infrastructure is the Libertarian Party. They would be probably the best bet to invest in. Uh, I'm not a big fan. I no offense believe- to my friend
2: Kelly, but I'm not a big fan of the Libertarian Party. Go
4: ahead. <laughs> I, I I am because you see, I I think the Libertarians hold a lot of views that old school conservatives used to hold and used to in hold in in, in, in dear, and and a, a, along the way it got lost. Um, uh, so I think it would be like, you know, the way conservatism worked at its at its height um clearly they have the the best infrastructure they would be the best bet to it to invest but you know that would be something up to the american people to to really decide um but you know getting back into reality uh, november is about six months away and uh biden came out of his bunker yesterday And he came to lecture us about uh, how we need to heal as a nation. How do we heal as a nation if we're so divided? But I think Biden is actually improving because I think that's the first speech he's made in a long time without him stuttering or without him uh, uh, having a slip of the tongue. I was actually quite surprised. I I think they must have had to put him through a lot of practice to to get yeah, that that's right saying. that's what he
2: spent all these months doing is for him practicing
4: yeah uh, it makes it makes me wonder right in that bunker of his right uh yeah you know everything came out great but valid point that was made uh, by uh Dana Labash on on Fox News and it was like uh Biden weren't you the vice president for eight years uh under the first uh, African American president uh ooh, ooh, ooh. What part did you play in healing the racial divides of this country? Yeah, that's what I thought. You were nowhere to be found. Neither was your uh, boss that you answered to. You were just uh, the puppet in the background. And that that is so true. So it's like, wow, Biden is going to lecture us on how the nation needs to heal. Biden, what did you do for the eight years that you were a vice president to uh, bring our country together. If anything, Barack Obama did more damage to this country racially. And in 08, everyone had the hope. Everyone did. I even think some conservatives had the hope that, you know, we wanted Obama to succeed to some degree in, in, in bringing that divide together. And if anything, he further divided us further divided us. And when it came to Ferguson and when it came to uh, the Eric Gardner case in New York, what did he do? He came up to the bully pulpit and he blamed systemic racism on it. And he blamed the police officers on it. He put the blame on everyone else and he did nothing to improve relations. Now, I'll say one more thing, Robert, and I'll defer back to you and tell me what you think about this, Kelly. I can't stand the Bushes. Well, one thing I got to respect about George W. Bush is when he left office, he stayed off the radar. He did not make any uh, comments or opinions or any of this stuff that Barack Obama is doing, which is not helping. You know, he went into hibernation, and I got to give him kudos for that. I got to give him credit where credit is due. That was not easy because for eight years, I mean, you know, the left still continued to attack his family on personal levels, and he remarkably stayed quiet. And yet you have Obama, and, and many many analysts are saying, this is very unpresidential to do this. I mean, a former president being so verbose. You know what I think really is the real reason why Obama needs to be verbose is because Everything he accomplished in eight years to destroy this country, Donald Trump undid. And that burns him. I'm telling you, I bet he has a voodoo doll of Trump and he's sticking pins in it right now as we speak, hoping that's going to work. He's bitter. Yeah, because no one saw it in a million years, not even Donald Trump. If you go back to election night, the ballroom, do you know, Robert, Kelly, how many people that ballroom could fit, which was one of the smallest ballrooms ever for a general election turnout? It could fit about three to 500 people. They were not expecting a victory. Not even Donald Trump was expecting a victory. I, 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 he came out, I remember that night on that stage. It was actually early in the morning East Coast time. I could see it in his eyes that he didn't know whether he was dreaming or if he needed someone to slap him in the face and wake him up. He didn't even think it was possible. I think he was, you know, just as shocked as probably everyone else. Um, so with that in mind, um, you know, we're six months away, and you're right, Robert. This is, this is not just about the presidency. It's about the whole sweepstakes. We need to take back the House. We need to retain the Senate. Otherwise, Trump will be a lame duck for four years. Nothing will get done in this country. It will be just further divided. And I think on these two issues, the majority of the American people are seeing it for what it is. The mainstream media is singing another narrative. But one interesting thing happened in Atlanta on Saturday. The protesters started attacking, yes, CNN headquarters. And when asked, they're like, we don't trust the media anymore, not even CNN. They have such a distrust in the media, they, they, they couldn't even trust CNN. Of all places, you would think it would have been Fox News that would have been attacked in New York. It was It was CNN, absolutely. It it just goes to show you the American people at this point, the majority of them, they don't want to hear about the left or the right anymore. It's not a left or right issue. It's just a whoever needs to be held accountable is going to be held accountable. And I agree. Um, You know, these protests that start out peacefully always bring out the bad elements it always opens the door to these bad elements that are just waiting for the next, they're praying for the next debacle to happen. And unfortunately, it's sad that in in today's modern age in our country, uh, in order to have peaceful protests, along has to come the anarchy and the chaos, because these bad elements are going to follow no matter what. So it's kind of like damned if you do, damned if you don't, because they give a bad name to the good people out there who truly protesting for the right reasons, and giving free reign to the ones like Antifa, which, by the way, Donald Trump has been talking the longest time to categorize him as a, a national terroristic group. But when is he really going to do it? I honestly believe in my heart, ladies and gentlemen, that Donald Trump has the right intentions But his biggest mistake is he has surrounded himself with the wrong people from day one. You could go starting from his chief of staff, Ryan Sprebus. You can't get more establishment than that. He was the one who propelled Mitt Romney to the nomination in 2012. And I think that's his biggest mistake. And, yes, I hear Nathan's argument, and he's not your typical politician. I get that. But you know what makes a true leader a true leader? and a revolutionary, and a visionary, is they have to have the great judgmental skills as part of the leadership qualities. You've got to have great judgmental skills. And give it to Donald Trump. He'll go down in history as one of the brightest, greatest businessmen of our era. But when it comes to politics, you would think that he would have better judge skills on who he's chosen to surround himself with. Just earlier today, uh, General Mattis, I believe, is trashing Trump, of course, because he's probably upset with, you know, Trump basically parting ways with him. Um, And, you know, um, he came out with some very uh, inflammatory language uh, about Trump being divisive and all of that. Uh, But, yes. I think that's been his biggest mistake since day one, as he continues to surround himself with the wrong people, and every time he gets rid of somebody or makes them resign, the next person doesn't last too long. And uh, I I, I think his, his worst mistake, and only time will tell, is that knowing what we know about Anthony Fauci, just the fact that he was an Obama holdover, that automatically should have been a red flag as a conflict of interest. If I were Donald Trump, if I were in his shoes, on day one of my presidency, clean slate, I would have made sure they were not one single holdover from the Obama administration. Because how do you drain the swamp if you still have the elements of the swamp in there? And we he shut down the government based on these models that we're now learning, were hyperbolized, were hyped up. And I still think, Robert, only knowing what I know now, not what we didn't know months ago, but now learning that I think that was his biggest mistake, was listening to the wrong people who clearly the red flag should have went up, Obama holdover, The comments that he was making back in April. Come on, one in one is two. It's very simple. I just don't understand. Sometimes is brilliant in certain regards, but in some in some regards, it's 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 like knock on wood. It's well, like he's, he's so stubborn. I I just well, don't get it, Robert. That's what
6: frustrates me about me. What? And I'll defer I mean, back to you. Thank
0: you.
2: Uh, well, I mean, a couple things on that is with each person that you know he you know he have to get rid of and then come back i mean i, I mean when he when he chose rince pubis i mean uh ryan's uh i said that on purpose but <laughs> i i don't i, ne- I never liked rents pubis i mean Rinz previous uh and i mean when he had him as his uh chief of staff i thought that was not a good idea i mean i thought Gingrich would have been a good chief of staff just because he i mean he knows Washington and he know, he knows all all those players and he he could probably he could have appointed Trump in the right direction now why i mean if you recall i mean Gingrich was actually in line with being the vice president i mean it was with it became between Gingrich and uh, Pence, and actually. I'll go through the whole story again, but I mean, Trump was actually ahead of Pence until uh, Paul Ryan got involved. Because remember when they're they're actually trying to talk, they were talking about a a broker convention or con, you know back uh, you know in 2016 and basically here's what I think happened is that you know Paul Ryan said look you pick Pence I'll call off my dogs um, you know about this I mean and I've I've liked Pence more since. You know, he, the longer I see Pence, the more uh, you know I like him and think he may actually be a, a good president. But you know, at first, but I think you know, and, and one one that one promise Trump did not make or made and did not keep because I was there when he made it. Uh, he was in Cincinnati actually, and I went out there to uh, watch him because he had Gingrich with him, and it's, it's a lot of everyone here knows I'm a, I'm a Gingrich fan, but uh, Gingrich was there, and. And I just found out about it last minute, but you know, he said I'm going to find a place for you know if I'm elected, I'm going to find a place for Gingrich in my administration, which he never did. Uh, I think he, I think Gingrich probably would have made a great uh, chief of staff there. Now, you know, his wife is the ambassador to the Vatican, um, but we, uh, you know, but I think he made. But yeah, I, I think that. But uh, anyway, to my point is that with Trump, remember if, every time he gets rid of anybody. Uh, they got it. The, the, whoever he brings in has to be vetted, has to be approved. You know, it's got to get through this whole hoopla. I mean, and I just don't know logistically on, on how he would have been able to get uh, how he would have been, to get, been able to get all that stuff done.
7: Can I throw Absolutely, out some Absolutely, but at least,
4: at least, at, at least we could all agree on. And this is the last thing I'll say, and I give it the floor to you, Kelly. At least we can all agree that when it came to Fauci and Burks. Bad mistake. I think we can all agree. All the signs were there. The red flags were there. You know, like you said, Robert, it's, it's pretty much water under the bridge with everything else. But come on, at least Fauci had to see that coming. How could you have not seen red flags? And I'm I'm sorry. I just had to say that. And I'll I'll give the floor back to you, uh, Kelly. But come on, how, how how could you not? I mean, I, I just I just find it inconceivable.
7: Wow, Yeah, um, let me throw out a possibility with Trump, but first of all, yeah, Joseph, I really like, um, I think we complement each other. I think you have a lot more gracious, kind tongue. You've heard some of my rants in the past, and it's something I wish I could be a little more gracious with my tongue as you are. And I'm going to guess you're the kind of guy that everybody likes to see, and I don't know if you're a hugger, but I wouldn't be surprised. So I just, you know, lots of of respect back for you. Um, Trump, okay, he's done things that infuriated me. Rince Priebus, Pubis, yeah. Chief of Staff, are you out of your. I I was furious. The Chief of Staff picks picks all the staff, you know, except for like the Cabinet, but they'll still make suggestions. Cabinet, et cetera, employees that had all sorts of positions. And uh, when Trump wants something done, he goes to chief of staff. Here, get this done. Boom. Chief of staff assigns a task to somebody, comes back with a summary because there's a bazillion things going on. It's summary, 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 summary. And I was furious because 2012 at the National Republican Convention, Ron Paul had the plurality necessary. But they changed the rules from five, uh was it, six state to eight state. Ron Paul had seven states. Oh, we just changed it to eight. And uh, Rince Priebus as a chair. I mean, they just played games, okay, make sure Ron They did everything they
2: could to get Romney but, nominated.
7: Yeah, because that was the chosen one, the Cabal, the Bilderbergers, whatever. Okay, so Ron Paul would have just creamed them. He advocate against the Federal Reserve, advocate against so many things, foreign wars, uh, advocate against vaccines. The list goes on. Liberty, liberty, liberty. I still respect and admire Ron Paul. But Prince was bad. What are you thinking? Then he bombed Syria. Oh, that upset me. Several things Trump has done upset me. But well, let's consider a possibility. A, he's in on it with the Bilderbergers. B, he's not in on it. He wants to uh, get the cabal, but his hands are tied by blackmail or bribery. Uh, C, he um, does things differently, and he's got a master strategy. The master strategy is based in uh, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer, and so he hires Brince to under this last possibility. Uh, he really wants to do good things, and he's doing 3D chess and, and keep your enemies closer. That strategy, he would bring Brince Priebus in, who would make a bunch of appointments, and then you have the NSA technology to find out who's con- contacting, who who is in the cabal, who is connected, he would be gathering evidence, you know. In World War One and Two, we spent we sent spies into other nations, and other nations sent spies at us, and we we had our spies as do they. It's just the nature of war. Possibility, he was gaining information, um, gaining, 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 lots and lots of information, and then he does things and praying praying medic did a video on this strategy what he does what Trump does over and over is he already has a plan but he brings the Democrats front center stage for example he ran on we're gonna build a wall and so then uh, he gets elected on that and he goes to Congress hey Nancy you want to you want to fund the wall nope so he brought Nancy Pelosi front and center. She said, "No, I'm not going to build the wall." He exposed them. And I said, "Well, okay, fine. Don't have congressional. We're going to use military funding, so I'll use military funding." Um, but Nancy Pelosi got on stage. I was embarrassed. We've been a number of things where um, the liberals get front and stage here. The coronavirus. You know, states, you do what you want, but here's our guidelines. And here you have the big liberal blue states, New York, California, New Jersey, et cetera. Carson Tucker interviewed the governor of New Jersey, who Carson's asking him, well, did you consider the Constitution and the Bill of Rights when you uh, made these uh, lockdown orders? Oh, that's above my pay grade, said the governor. Second question.
2: Um, How that above his grade? He's a governor, for God's sake, yeah.
7: Mm-hmm. And then Tucker cornered him and said, well, did you – just just be straight up with you? Did, you. did you consider these things, the governor of New Jersey said. Uh, no, I really didn't. So Bill Rights means nothing. Somehow um, med- medicine and science and technology supersede the Constitution. I, I don't understand that. So what's happening is they're getting exposed, and uh, with Fauci – yeah, he's been there like 20 plus years. Yeah, he owns patents for virus and um, and uh the method of corona testing. Well, with the CDC long story, but that's that's uh RFK, Robert Kennedy Jr.'s son, that was his statement. Anyway, so it could be possible that Fauci gets fired and then he, Trump gets somebody in there to expose how Fauci what well, how how Fauci over-exaggerated everything, and the blue states, there's really four blue states are kind of taking the lead. And uh, so it gets exposed, and Fauci looks like dirt. Under this theory of keep your friends close, your enemies closer, it's very possible that Trump is giving these people enough rope to hang themselves in front of the American people. And this won't just improve uh, a greater margin when he's president, but we could see the House and the Senate um, turning Republican, and then he can accomplish a lot. Now, Epstein being arrested, that's pretty high up on the totem pole, but it does take a lot of time to uh, expose the people that are basically holdovers, let them screw up, you're fired, and get some new people in there. This does take time to get your people into positions of power to make a difference. So that's where it gets real interesting because many have called Trump a 3D je- chess player against his opponent a 2D chess player. What's frustrating is how long it takes because then you start to have, any American would have doubts about it. But the opposition's been mind-blowing. Of course, the media, then the Russian narrative... Russia, 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 Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Sounds like the Brady Bunch. Well, that's been disproved. And then they went for – and they create a lot of uh, distrust in the American people, and that's, I think, another reason why there's so many bad riots. Um, So they tried to rush, and then they tried impeachment, and then the corona. And now we have uh, these riots going on, and uh, very, very sad that any human being was killed. Uh, George Floyd was that was an undue death. Um, I hope his family wasn't hurt. I mean, it, it, what do you say? It's very heartbreaking, poor guy. But see, you, you know, this sequence, and uh, they keep opposing Trump like like they're they're just the, the the media is nuts. Well, what's happening? People aren't trusting the media anymore. CNN got burned. Um, so it's it's a bizarre, strange situation, um, we – when in our lifetimes have we seen such chaos and upheaval? Is it A, it was planned and Trump's in on it, or B, the cabal that's committed horrific evil, they are so afraid of getting caught and going to jail, possibly for treason – that they will do anything to try to get him out of
2: office. I oh, yeah. On the ladder. Well That's the thing. Well, because I think they know that once he, you know, once he gets reelected, because right now he's he's got to do. And, and here's the thing with Fauci. I mean,
0: uh,
2: I think pretty much at, at this point he had to. And I, I mean, I didn't get to hardly any articles tonight, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but. Uh, Again, one of those think we probably could do at a fourth hour, even just with with us on here, but I think that yeah, the reason why they're they're so desperate to get him out is because right now he does have to worry about he, he does have to worry about getting reelected. It's not a sure thing, especially with everything. Excuse <coughs> me, going against him. However, I think it's, I still think he's got a really good shot. I think even a better shot than Biden does. But I think they want him out too bad because once he is reelected and he doesn't have to worry about that anymore worry about it anymore, especially if he has the Senate, then it's it's no hold bar it's no holds barred. I mean I'm not saying he can do anything illegal, but I'm saying he can really uh you know I, he could really cause some uh some havoc for those deep staters.
7: Yeah, and when in our lifetime have we heard uh well Fox is saying deep state but when have we heard deep state? Um you know Powers would be cabal, Bilderbergers, Deep State. That's kind of a more acceptable term for the American people. But wonder if we heard this. That's kind of mind blowing. I was like, what? Deep state? So I was frustrated with Bob Barr when he got appointed after sessions because he was working as a at, for a short time during Bush senior. Barr was an acting attorney general for a time. And I'm like, oh no, Trump. What are you thinking? Maybe Barr um, was simply doing his job. Maybe Barr's is not in on it with the with the deep state. But I'm like, hmm. But Barr is Barr is coming through. He's doing things, you know, the Durham report, other thing that were. There's going to be a lot of shell, shell shock things going to be happening. Um, that. I mean, what have we seen so many, I want to say, extrajudicial circumstances or severe circumstances that that put our country in upheaval? Now, if if evil has to get rooted out, evil is going to retaliate. Evil is going to do everything to make sure they stay in power. Um, time will tell, but yeah, Robert, for uh, second-term presidents seem to say, you know what? I'm going to do whatever I want, um, which, of course, there's back in my mind a slight concern he could become a tyrant. I mean, Trump. S- but he could actually steal yeah, his Yeah, enjoy- I'm not worried about that. I, you know, I a very small percentage. There's just some things he's done that, like, you don't do that unless you're trying to get closer to your enemies and certain things he's saying. Um, so I, my gut feeling, I'm about 80% sure he's going to get reelected. California, he'll lose. So I'm going to probably vote Libertarian Joe Jorgensen, possibly. I actually kind of like her, Joe Jorgensen, Libertarian uh, nominee. First time a Libertarian party elected a woman for a presidential candidate. But anyway, so, I mean, again, my vote doesn't count in California for a Republican anyway. So why not
4: go third party so what and worries give me – What worries me, guys, is if we were talking three months ago, I think we both would agree that this would be a – this would be a no-brainer. Trump is going to cakewalk into re-election. Three months ago, we had a strong economy. Uh, You know, uh, President Trump did a phenomenal job of basically exterminating ISIS, Um, you know, strong sanctions against Iran, strong sanctions against North Korea, great international policy. So if we were talking about three months ago, I, I I think we were all saying, you know, don't ever think it's in the bag, but there's no way the other side can win. I mean, he had the economy on his side, foreign policy on his side, domestic policy on his side, but then came COVID. That's a game changer. And now comes these protests. So I really think when it comes down to November it's all of a sudden changed out of nowhere into a referendum on how he handles COVID and how he handles these protests. And I really think that's really what it's going to boil down to. If he makes the right moves on the chessboard, he has a very, very high likability of winning re-election, but he has to make those right moves right now. And this this is the test of time. Like I've been saying, Robert, this is his 9-11 George W. Bush moment. This is the the toughest test of time for his administration. And right now it's going to be a referendum on COVID, how we rebound, and and how he handles this insurrection. And so it's been a game changer now from what it was three months ago. That's what we have to contend to, and, 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 and that's what worries me, guys, is... Uh, that now the election has switched to being a referendum on those two main issues. That's, that's what really concerns me at the end of the day.
7: It it comes to a defining moment really for him. And, you know, yeah, I I agree three months ago it would have been slam dunk for Trump, but now there's a lot of questions, but yet at the same time, um, people in the middle, you know, my view of, of politics, you got the spectrum, the far left, and then you got the far right. And they influence into the middle, but the middle is a very strong they might be Democrat or Republican, but they're very independent minded. These riots are gonna take a lot of independence and shy them away from the Democrats. I'm not sure. And when, when you have video clips of Democrats supporting uh, they support rallies and protests, they don't say violence. Well actually a couple of them have. Carter Tucker did a did a, a nice piece about how some of these far left are actually uh, promoting agitation and riots, but when the American people realized, gee, the Tea Party didn't do this, oh, wait, the left is? So who's promoting race racism? They weren't getting very much mileage. That was dying. But I think the independent middle block caught in this war between left and right, they're going to probably go, and I've been reading some posts, you know, people do a YouTube video, and then they Comment well. The comments are. I was. I've been a lifelong Democrat. I will never vote for Democrat ever again. I'm seeing a lot of people switching over. And so this, the the violence and the riots and people are getting killed. Innocent business owners are getting killed, trying to protect their business from the mob. hmm Oh, I know uh, you see them
2: bragging. You see you see them getting dragged out. I know. I wish some of these yahoos. You know. I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, I'm the, on. Twitter anymore, but yeah, I mean, I was just going back and forth with some Yahoos tonight, which doesn't do any good. But they're like, oh, these—they're all—they're all—all uh, peaceful. Only like twenty or thirty people are, you know, are causing havoc. It's like, really? Are you seeing only twenty to thirty people, you know, you know, per city, is causing havoc? I don't think so.
7: Well, right. The yeah. Well, there's videos of looters and all sorts of things, but the really. Um, and somebody pointed out this could be really riots of the rich versus the poor has very little to do with um, the sad death of Floyd, uh, George Floyd but obviously the mentality of the rioters and the looters is left Um, and it's what the Democrat Party is The, the Democrat Party doesn't care about the blacks LBJ said that himself They don't care. They just want the vote. And there are a great number of wonderful, amazing black folk coming out. And, you know, uh, Diamond and Silk was one. Um, uh, Ellen West is another. And you got in the Trump administration, you got the Surgeon General Adams. I believe that's his name. Really neat black guy, really knowledgeable. He is the Surgeon General. He's black. Uh, Ben Carson, uh, head of HUD. Housing Development. Uh, what is he? Oh, sorry, he's black. You can't say Trump's racist. You can't. And so, but that whole narrative has is now spinning its wheels and not getting anywhere, and it's going in reverse. But due to the hubris pride, you know, hubris is pride magnified um, to where people get into delusional thinking, whether plans from their high tower is not practical. It's it's gonna bounce back on them, it's going to hurt them, not just in Congress, but I think it's gonna in in the in the states and the local elections, I think we're gonna see quite a bit of turnover. Now if Trump does something amazing like fire Fauci, get somebody else in there that exposes all the exaggeration of Fauci People that were running, you know, they might have leaned left a little bit, but when their business was shut down because of this, and it's exposed as a chronic exaggeration, no more than normal flu, they're gonna be like, "I had a, bl- I had a blue state governor. I don't want anything to do with him, um, with with Democrats, because they destroyed my life. I worked for 15 years, and my business got destroyed." There's gonna be a lot of people. Uh, I, I just, I don't see. Well, when you combine that with the exposure of the left, which Trump does, lets them come center stage, you know, give give your opposition enough rope to hang themselves on stage. I don't I, I my gut feeling is we're gonna have not just the House and the Senate Republican and Trump winning. I could see a lot of state houses shifting and blue governors mm-hmm. going going red, so
2: Oh wow, that'd be something well, what about the house i mean that that's the thing I really think' i mean and I think what they really need to to put i mean real, you know push now that that's the bad thing now is um with, with covid i mean I think they they might um you know have a shot we only got a couple of minutes so maybe after my comments we'll have to do closing thoughts but um you know the house has more to do i think uh could be affected by how things were treated with you know the uh the bailout. You know, the, and how they tried to sneak their you know special agendas in instead of paying for you know things that actually had to do with COVID. I think that could be you know uh, you know exposed. You know that would help Trump get real You know, uh, not Trump, but I mean the get you know maybe some red seats and you know for for that you know in the House. But I don't know if the the riots will really have much of an effect on that. Uh, But I do see we only got about five minutes, so I do have to do closing comments, about a minute or so for each. Um, So, Kelly, if you want to just finish off that, and then uh, Joseph then I will have to close things out.
7: I guess we're going to have to wait and see. Andrew Jackson fired one-third of the federal government. This is the 1830s because they were – it was called the Money Trust. And uh, so Trump still has – a lot of Democrats in the federal government who have opposed him. It takes a lot of time to change things. So we shall see. Um, I'm not going to say if, but when Trump gets elected in November, House and Senate, I'm very sure it'll stay. Re- it'll go Republican, and uh, we shall see. It's the independent voters that are really going to make the difference, people. Maybe they've suffered enough pain that they're, you know, I ought to think about voting Republican this time. But it's going it, to, wild ride. An absolute wild, wild ride. It's very uh, tumultuous, difficult. We just got to hang in there and just do what we can. And I'm I'm glad to be a part of your show, Robert.
2: Oh, I appreciate you guys every week uh, uh, coming on and We'll see what next week brings. Uh, go ahead, jo- uh, Joseph. We got about a minute out to close things up. Thank you. Uh,
4: I'll be very brief. Trump needs to hold the red wall. All red states that were won in 2012 and 2016, he must hold. The presidency went to Trump mainly because three major blue states fell, and Hillary failed in holding up the blue wall. So he must hold up the red wall, and he must win in all or the majority of the battleground states, the purple states, the swing states, the toss-up states. Uh, and I believe if he does so, he does not necessarily have to flip uh, any of the major uh, you know, blue states like he did in 2016 when he flipped Pennsylvania, and he flipped Michigan, um, and I believe he also flipped Wisconsin uh but it, yes so the, that that's the road that i see to him uh winning re-election uh for 2020 and uh, i just hope and pray that uh next week these uh riots will uh simmer down and uh we could uh get back to uh some sort of uh normalcy and uh i'll echo the sentiment to kelly it is an honor privilege and pleasure to uh be a part of the show as always, uh, good night and God bless, everyone.
2: Well, I appreciate it, Joseph. And, yes, again, we will see what next bring, <laughs> next week brings. And, and uh, real quick, uh, there was an article that I was going to get to tonight, uh, but it says uh, – uh, swing states and this is actually the Washington Times, so if you find that interesting that I would even put this um, and I know we don't think much of polls, but it said here and i'm not going to read the article but uh, just and you can read the articles on the on the website the uh, on the, the page. page says swing state uh, swing swing state voters favor Trump over Biden on China and protecting businesses so those are two big uh two big things uh that and that's in swing states but uh, again, I do want to thank everyone for coming in. Uh, looking forward to next week and all what that is. Then we got about a minute and a half, so uh, I will close out tonight as I do every night, and that is with at least a part of uh, the song by Aubrey Ashburn. Help kind of bring me down a little bit uh, from uh, an exciting show, and uh, we'll do that. We'll see you next week. Uh, so thank you all again, and good night. Good
4: night. Good night. Good night.